What's up, bitches? Brody here. My pinata, Jenna. All the abuse I give her, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Um, last week was our first episode. Got one under our belt of the duo. Yep. What did you think of it? Did you listen to it? Yeah, I did. I had to. It was good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I liked it. It's definitely different without Mo, but yeah. hopefully I mean, people will still enjoy listening to our beautiful voices. I got a lot of wise words of wisdom coming at you. So. so I think we're just going to go ahead and end this episode. <laughs> <laughs> if you have wise words of wisdom, hell has frozen over. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we got some, you know, people definitely were shocked when they heard uh, Mo was no longer part of it. Um, and, but at the same time, we got a lot of positive feedback. We got a lot of feedback on this. And uh, I'm excited to kind of see how this goes. What about you? Mm-hmm. I'm excited too. Um, I did get knocked for my intro last week. Eric said, uh, Eric Klaus said I should have went with the one I did today. Um, if you guys want me to do intros any certain way, you know, it took me about a year <laughs> after we started the podcast originally to come up with something. But, um, you know, I don't have a smooth, buttery voice. <laughs> um, so, but anyways, let's get into today. Um, the lockdown is over here in Ohio. <sighs> Finally, right? So. Uh, by the time you hear this, we'll have had Memorial Day and our actual first class here in Ohio. I know a couple a couple other listeners, their gym's actually already opened. Um, and uh, news on that, we Ohio had a really big, uh, what would you call that, change in the law for the coronavirus and the fact that 35 local gyms in Ohio sued uh, our health director um, for being shut down, and they actually won, which is crazy. Um, I don't know if they sued, if they they brought up um, a charge, in essence. Um, But now that they've won, uh, we were granted in the state of Ohio immediate the ability to immediately open, Mm -hmm. which is pretty crazy, right? We're for the longest time, uh, we were shut down uh, around 60 days, roughly, I think. I don't know. 50, between 50, 60 some days. Felt like a million. A million, yeah. But um, that's pretty crazy that, you know, the judge actually favored in that direction, stating that the health department basically overstepped their authority. Um, uh, it's nice to know now, like a day <laughs> – a couple of days before we could actually te- technically open. Um, so, anyways, that's pretty big news. Um, what did you think about when you heard that? What, that they were... That, like, that, the that, that judge came down with the, the decision that all gyms could open immediately. I don't know. I was kind of surprised, honestly. Especially because we were supposed to open anyways in, like, one week. So, I don't know. It wasn't, like... A huge difference, I guess. It would be different if it was, like, 30 days before we were supposed to open. Right. But it was only, like, a week or something, so it really wasn't that big a deal. Yeah, so people, 
I've, I've heard this uh, same thing actually repeated, and that's uh, what's really the big deal. Well, the big deal is uh, these gems that are on this, um, and I'm drawing the blank. Uh, I don't know if it's an affidavit or whatever it is. Um, the 35 gems attached to this um, can now sue for funds not received during the coronavirus, meaning cancel memberships due to it. Um, they can do it for, uh, they can prove how many members they had per month. They can, uh, you know, come at them for money and damages and that, that end. Cause, um, in all honesty, we lost probably about, I don't know, four to $7,000 the last three months, um, over growth, potential members, things like that. Uh, a couple lost memberships, but, um, all in all, I mean, I hope they go after them. I hope they win. Um. Uh, if someone is doing something for safety, that's one thing. Um, but when you overstep your actual authority, um, I think you should get smacked down for it like anybody would in any other op occupation. So, Well, like we said, too, like Walmart and Kroger and all these other places are, yeah. like, full. Like, I could see maybe a little bit more if it was, like, a Globo gym or something just because a lot of people are, like, touching the same stuff, but at the same time, like, all that stuff can be sanitized. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Like, here, you have your own bar and... Your own equipment, usually yeah. your own area, station. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, what's the biggest thing you're excited about when you get back into the gym with all the equipment? Not just a dumbbell and barbell, but all the equipments. Honestly, I feel a little intimidated. <laughs> uh... I feel like I won't be able to do a ring muscle up anymore. I feel like I won't be able to do a bar muscle up anymore. So I'm more scared. Yeah. Not excited. Um What uh what movement are you excited about actually being able being able to do now that I guess pull ups like stuff on the rig, but I remember that when your hands are hamburger. Yeah, I wouldn't really say any excitement is going on <laughs> inside of me. Wow. <laughs> what about you? Um, <clears throat> I would say handstand walks, um, you know, inside of the garage at home, that's like not that easy. Um, you know, putting a rock through the palm of your hand definitely doesn't sound like exciting. Um, I would say definitely probably muscle ups or. Um, I like to get the sandbags back out. Not that I couldn't do them at home, but we just don't, you know, we, everybody has a set amount of equipment. All the workouts are based off of that. So, um, so yeah, could have come here and done sandbags, but I don't know. I guess it's not really the equipment I'm excited about. It's just being able to, um, I'm, when I'm laying there dying, um, to hear people talk shit. I, I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> I mean, you did this yourself. You have no one to blame. You know, I like that. I, I revel in that. Mm -hmm. You know, it does suck. But, hey, guess what? I'm sitting here doing with you. Yes, I'm out of shape, and it hurts just as much. I still feel that way whether you do the workout or not. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you create this? Just like we're doing these, um, like, competition workout things, and he keeps adding bar-facing burpees or some kind of burpee. And everything is, like, endurance, which, if you it's know me, I just really <laughs> don't like that. <laughs> I'd rather just lift something heavy. Um so, not a fan. 
I, and I also thought it was only going to be one week long, but it's three weeks. <laughs> so, so, uh, so she's talking about the in-house competition that we ran, uh, that we talked about last episode. Um, we are just closing out. We just closed out week two. We'll be in the week three. Uh, the interesting twist is that we'll be inside the gym doing it together on Monday or on it'd be Wednesday and Friday next week. So that'll be the actual class program wad. So now instead of doing it at home by ourselves, like mm-hmm. assuming a score, we'll, I'm anxious to see how hard people push. I mean, cause you're going to push a lot harder in these workouts. And the last one of the third week is just no joke. So oh, great. It, yeah, it's just going to be, um, it's going to be interesting to say the least. Um, so what did you learn about yourself during the lockdown? Well, I kind of told you my life didn't change that much. No, let's, let's go, uh, individually and then as a CrossFitter. Oh, okay. Well, individually, my life didn't change that much. Um, I thought I would freak out a little bit more about it. About I what? have hypochondriac tendencies. <laughs> I'm kind of like a mild hypochondriac. Okay, mild. It's mild. No, no, hold on. Mild by your definition or by the actual definition? No, it's mild. Okay. I don't always think I'm dying. Or Only when you Google something. Yeah, pretty much. You've had a torn ACL, MCL, PCL. I still think I have <laughs> partial, some kind of tear in my knee. Okay, go ahead. Moving on. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't. Free, I didn't. I don't know. I didn't freak out as much as I thought I would, especially like still being around people. I mean, not a lot of people, but like maybe they picked up the coronavirus and now I have it. Like that's something that I thought that I would be like, but I'm really not. Um, you were you expecting like you could walk past someone and smell the coronavirus on them? No, I just felt like I would like constantly worry if I had it or not. Yeah, but I didn't. Um, that's I clearly. Yeah. And then, supposedly. yeah. And then, what about um, as a CrossFitter, what have you learned most about yourself as a CrossFitter? Being at home, working out alone, um, well, no one to push you only scores that are posted to push you. I don't really understand how people do street parking, <laughs> <laughs> um, and enjoy it. Although they have a community and keep each other accountable anyways, but still like working out by yourself, it's hard to push yourself. I know like some people say you just get used to it, but I have not gotten used to it. If anything, it's So your your thirty day trial's over and yeah. you're not No, I'm not signing up. Not signing up. No. Are you asking for your money back? No. Uh, I didn't say that's up, actually but. an interesting point, street parking. <laughs> We've always said street parking uh, or I've always said street parking is a pretty solid thing if you're looking for community and we didn't lose our community throughout this. Yeah, we also hold each other pretty accountable. It pretty much felt like street parking. Yeah, there was um, a lot of shit talking. Uh, <laughs> not in a bad way, but in a good way. But uh, a lot of crazy comments. And I think the interesting point is I've I've always said street parking is great for community. Well, we had our community. Uh, maybe it, it, Maybe we don't like it because... We still want we the st- community, or like here. We still have the ability to have the community. Yeah. Whereas if you're doing street parking, you don't have that ability, meaning you're not going to a gym typically. So. Well, and they made that choice. We were forced into that choice. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, I guess, yeah. Uh, it's this, different when you like make that decision. This is totally true. Um, so during the lockdown, uh, what I learned about myself uh, individually, I guess, you know, kind of cover like Jenna said last week. I uh, learned a lot about um, definitely 
setting up my nutritions and things like that, but um, making a little bit more, not really time for me, but flexibility, meaning I'm not going to have a nutrition every single night after I do 5.30 class. I'm not going to have one or two every single night, and um, I'm taking Fridays off, and I've held to that so far, um, which is pretty cool. Um, But as a CrossFitter, I used to work out alone all the time, and it never bothered me. And it never bothered me here um, either. I think the coolest thing I liked is that I had, if I wanted to do two hours of mobility prior to working out, Mm -hmm. if I wanted to do an hour of mobility, I felt no rush needing to hurry up and work out. Like, I would go out there to work out per se, but I didn't start. I wouldn't start for another hour, sometimes longer, Mm because it just felt good and I used to do that all the time but I've always stacked myself with things to do as soon as I walk in well within an hour of walking in the door I have a lot to do before classes including eating and getting my pre-workout ready and doing anything you know of course attached to the gym and nutritions so I think I got to figure out a way to incorporate that maybe not as long but get some work done because going if you're training class and you roll to the next, it's very hard for me. I usually miss a small bit of the mobility, which is definitely my favorite part, right? <laughs> not the wads, not the strength, the mobility. And um, so I definitely learned that I need to somehow get that in my life. That makes sense. Yeah. But I don't know if I'll be able to do it. Uh, so pitfalls to watch out for when getting back into the gym for the first several weeks. So – this is the last thing that we'll get to today's topic, which is inspiration. But um, Murph would have happened yesterday uh, after we released this episode. And um, I was talking to someone, even if uh, we're actually going to open Memorial Day, now that uh, we're technically allowed, which is sad we have to say that. But, um, but we're doing Zeus. We've done Zeus. Um, got an attachment to um, – Tyler means he's still active duty and um, actually listens to the podcast. So what's up, man? And um, we've been doing Zeus. It was a buddy of his that he was deployed with. It was killed in combat. Been doing that for uh, six, maybe seven or eight years, roughly. Yeah. And um, I was sad we were going to miss it this year, but uh, we're going to do it. Um, be laid out a little differently, but we're able to actually do Zeus. But people were talking about doing Murph and. I'm just like, you know, Murph to me, if your gym is doing it, um, it, you, it's pretty, it'd be pretty dangerous. And the fact of, and you know, I'll push the envelope, uh, but I'm not, I'm also not reckless, but not doing a single pull up this entire time and then come back and try to do Murph. And if you're going to put a vest on yeah. and you haven't been doing Murph or you haven't been doing pull ups and you're going to add that to it. Like, Murph is hard when you've already been training. Correct. But it's it, this is going to be even worse. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, we yeah. even when you've been, like, working out, it still sucks. Yeah, so uh, that, to me, is probably uh, something that I've seen people are, oh, I'm going to do Murph. I can't wait to do Murph. I'm like, when's the last time you did a pull-up, okay? <laughs> uh, you're sh- you're going to be wrecked from it. I mean, it's just inevitable. Unless you've been doing pull-ups this entire time, that's definitely a pitfall, Um and before we were allowed to open, I was thinking about how we could do a parking lot, Murph, because even though 
they're allowing weddings of 300 or less, you can still not have more than 10 people out in the general public in a, in a group, which, so that kind of shot Murph. I was trying to figure out how we do out outside separated and we're just going to do bent over barbell rows and do it a team run, you know, and, and all the, cause the volume, right. Mm-hmm. The volume of Murph isn't crazy really. Um, I just think it's the intensity that you attack that volume mm-hmm. is what makes Murph suck. And then of course you, you add that run. And if you don't run a lot, that just takes it to a, another level. Right. Um, so the first thing I would say, watching back the first several weeks or watching out for the first several weeks back, uh, first and foremost is volume. Um, I'm huge on volume. I think it volume, there's nothing wrong with volume as long as it's proper volume and proper volume is really, uh, as an individual, you can definitely get more specific, but as a gym, um, if you have someone that's working out, okay, you, do you feel like you're in your best shape? (laughs) Okay. But we see other people who are putting up some really solid scores, but they literally are doing five to six days a week plus still extra work. And you see that you can actually see their fitness improving on their scores, which is pretty cool to see for me. And their volume is pretty high. But if we come back and Jenna tries to hit the same volume she used to prior to this with that same intensity, uh, injury is definitely going to creep right in there. Or she's going to be so wrecked that she's not going to be able to actually go as many times in a a normal week as she would. And um, so as the programmer, I'm easing everybody back into. I don't care if your volume's at an all-time high or if you're – volumes at a low like Jenna's or anybody else's, um, got to ease back into that volume. I think EMOMs are a great way to do it. If you want to work your pull-ups, kind of work your EMOMs. Like it may be, it may sound easy, but if you are okay at pull-ups, maybe you do five pull-ups every minute on the minute for five minutes, or you can take that out to, and then you can do that once or twice a week. And then you add, you know, five EMOM for six or seven minutes and then slowly build the volume over a broader time. And I think a couple things are going to happen. One, you're going to allow those rotators and shoulder muscles to get strong again, okay, because they haven't been uh, hanging off a rake for a while. Two, you're going to ease your kind of hands back into it. We already know our hands are probably pretty uh, soft, per se. Um, so Yeah, I was shocked at how um, my calluses were, like, going away. And I was like, dang. I remember one time, I think I told you this, but I had my, I got my nails done. And the guy that was um, <laughs> doing my nails, he, like, was feeling, you know, how they, like, massage your hand. Well, you wouldn't know because yeah, you know, yeah. But they, like, massage your hands. And he was like, oh, you look too hard. <laughs> he kept saying that, like, over and over again. He's like, you have to not do that or whatever. I don't know. It was really funny, though. Oh, I'm sure he's not used to seeing female with these. Yeah, r- massive, rough hands. Massive calluses. Like, they've been working on the farm all their whole life. Yeah, like he was probably like, what is wrong with this girl? <laughs> wonder what she does. Yeah. Is she construction He knew I worked out because he talked about cupping and how, like, when they first came to America, like, cupping was really big for them. And so um, he was sick and he had, like, cupping marks all over him. And his teacher thought that he was being abused. I don't know how. <laughs> but, yeah, they, like, actually called his parents and, like, yeah, I don't know. But it's not like the parents are going to be like, yeah, I abused my kid. <laughs> Who's hitting you with the coffee cup? Yeah. <laughs> Repeatedly. <laughs> In the same spot to form those perfect circles. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so volume. You definitely want to ease back into it. I know the programming I have laid out is we're going to ease back into it. We are going to max out, um, but everybody is going to be talked about how we're going to – I want you to finish, you know, 15 or 20 pounds under and sometimes even more um, of your previous max. And you want to finish where, yes, I could go up another, you know, several times. Um, but the problem is if we get too close to that, our CNS hasn't ha, hasn't been built up, mm-hmm. okay, because of the weights we have. We've been limited by the weights. Um, our CNS is pretty weak right now. So we got to slowly build that back up um, over a broad time. And then we'll ease back into the volume. Uh, rig work, we kind of covered that, you know, be very cautious on the rig work. Um, you know, rips, we already know, I, I'm not a big fan of rips. Like you're definitely going to be more prone to them, but the volume on the rig, people are going to actually probably like it, you know, because it's going to be so low, mm-hmm. but, uh, like three, I, <laughs> right. <laughs> three pull-ups for time. Um, but no, uh, but we got to build the volume back up. I mean, it, it would be. A total disservice to me. I've known this for the last. I mean, I've been thinking about the programming uh, on and off ever since it's actually started. What it's going to be like when we get back, and uh, as it's prolonged, uh, it's definitely you know it's you got to almost work backwards from mm-hmm. where we were. And so rig work, things like that. You know, you typically we would typically would be on the rig at least two, maybe three times in a week. Um, so that's not going to happen now. Okay, it just can't because people's hands will be trashed. The lats are going to get smoked. Um, if they lose position, you're going to get some, you know, front shoulder impingements. Nah, we're just not – it's not going to happen. So, um, you know, it will be definitely a lot more controlled. Uh, and, like, think of Cindy, like five at a time. That's not too bad, but maybe we do ten. I don't know. But uh, it will definitely be eased into. And then strength numbers. You talk about maxing out. The problem is if we don't have our CNS loaded over this entire time, and we come back and try to hit a, a, a true one RM with whatever we're at right now, mm-hmm. we don't want to do that. And Yeah, I'll definitely rip something. <laughs> well, that and the problem the bigger bigger problem than ripping something is that we're gonna have a problem and once we get to week three and four of the strength cycle, people aren't gonna be able to finish the, their day. Mm-hmm. Or they're gonna be so wrecked from it and they're gonna come out of position, then we have the potential for injury because our volume's high. Yeah. So I want the volume to be high at a moderate ish weight not a heavy weight right so um definitely things to watch out for if you're getting back into the gym uh with that said let's get to today's topic inspiration all right so i'm going to start this off with a quote and i don't do quotes i'm not a big quote person uh honestly um i've always said i'd rather be the one producing the quote than repeating the quote yeah you know what i mean so here it is if i inspire you great if I don't, then maybe I'm not the one you should be following. Michael Jordan. Uh, watch the series. Uh, I kind of talked about it last episode. The Last Dance. If you, haven't, if you haven't watched that on ESPN, they have it on their Go uh, where you can you know, watch all the episodes straight through. They're about an hour. So it's 10 hours of stuff. Uh, it's great. Um, did you watch it? Mm-hmm. Did you finish it? Mm-hmm. What did you think? It was really good. and it was. You're not a basketball person. Right? No, not really. When you're a sports person. Yeah. Um yeah, it was cool to watch. I remember my brother growing up was a really big Michael Jordan fan and just like a Bulls fan in general. He liked basketball a lot, but um 
it, it was like funny watching the videos of like people wearing those big red puffy jackets because i remember he had one yeah <laughs> but no it was cool it was definitely different because and i felt like i went through different emotions because i was like god he's kind of an asshole and like how he treated his team members sometimes but like they all knew that like where his heart was and i think that was like most important and he knew when to kind of like turn it off too like he could push them but yeah yeah i i totally agree i think the biggest thing I took away from that was the mentality. Uh, I'm in no way comparing myself to Michael Jordan, but everything he was saying I, the whole time, I'm like, God, thank you for having someone else in this world that thinks the way I do. Mm-hmm. Win at all cost. Don't settle for anything less than winning. I don't like to lose checkers to my five-year-old nephew. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like to lose anything. I don't. I don't care if it's chess, checkers, golf. I hate to lose. I hate to lose with an utter passion. And it just, I, like it literally, I can go through my head right now and I can bring up a lot of stuff that I've not won and it just still eats at me. And I just hate that. I hate, I hate to lose. And Michael Jordan hated to lose. Mm-hmm. And you talked about him being, uh, how he treated his teammates. Well, you know what? We'll talk about this a little bit later, but. People get complacent. People get lazy. Mm-hmm. And when you're a leader and you are, you want to win and you want to win at all costs and you got, <clears throat> you know, you have eight people online, but two people are dragging their fucking feet and they're, you know, they're causing resistance to you moving forward. You got to get them in line. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because people do get complacent. They do get lazy. And you know what? He found the best way to get those people uh, to get better was this talk smack in practices, right? Now, it definitely – it's not something you could do in CrossFit, okay? You really can't mm-hmm. um, because I'm not saying there's not emotion tied to that practice, but they're not going to utter failure in that practice. Where in CrossFit, um, think about how many times you see at competitions someone yell and scream at their judge mm-hmm. for doing something, Right? It's because they're in an emotional state where they're completely fatigued. They're going as hard as they can, as fast as they can. And you almost kind of zone out. Yeah. Right? So they snap. What? Oh, I mean, I kind of do that to you. So maybe that's. <laughs> yeah, it's called Linda. And uh, we've covered this. But uh, they lash out and they don't even realize it because they're at a, a different state of mind. Right? Mm-hmm. It does not justify it. Right? It does not justify it. Um, but. You know, he, he did. He talked a lot of smack. I mean, he held his um, his teammates accountable. And you know what? Hey, you want to win? This is what we got to do. And you're not you're not on board. And he was not afraid to, to voice that. And if you don't want to do it this way, then don't be on this team. That's what he that's what he would say. Mm-hmm. And you know, the next person who does this is Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the same way. If you don't want to be, and you don't want to do it this way, then don't be on this team. Yeah, well, I think that's what, like, separates you from being, like, on a professional team versus just, like, playing around. Do you know what I mean? Oh, without a doubt. You can ha- you can be a competitor and have a competitive edge and have this mentality of you don't like to lose, but there's a difference. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between legendary, legendary like he was and 
average mm-hmm. as a professional or as what whatever it is. So yeah, it, I think I took a lot away of it was just felt good for someone to say things I think all the time. I can't stand it. And you know, in CrossFit I try to buffer it as much as I can, but when we're competing and it's on the line, like I'm not afraid to get in someone's ass. Like it's not because I'm mad at you. It's because you're not doing what we talked about, right? We're supposed to be doing this a specific way, and you did not do it, okay? Here I am. I could go off the off charts and do it a different way, but I, that's not the point, right? And when you when you go off script and you don't do something and it causes an, uh, a ripple effect on the team, because that's what Jordan was looking out for. It wasn't for him. He he was already set. He was, he was already great. He was already going to be a Hall of Fame basketball player. He was doing it for his team, and he said that, he did this because he wanted all his teammates to feel how he felt when he won. Mm-hmm. That's why he did it. He went, he knew he needed to bring them up because if he didn't, they weren't going to win. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, he wanted in return, all he wanted is so their team, his teammates could relish in that sensation of being the best. And yes, they all said the same thing. Yeah. Hey, he was he, he talked a lot of smack, but you realized why he was doing it after, not during, after the fact of like, man, if he wasn't like that, I would have, you know, I wouldn't have bust my ass in practice or I, I wouldn't have really been studying or I wouldn't have been doing this or that. And then we wouldn't have won. And then I wouldn't have felt this way. So he had the envision, the vision of, hey, we got to start this now to get the, this end result. And this is the end result that I want, and I will not settle for any less. So if he wasn't going to sell, settle for any less, he wasn't letting anybody else. So let's talk about this quote real quick. So if I inspire you, great. If I don't, then maybe I'm not the one you should be following. What's that quote mean to you? I just feel like you win some, you lose some. <laughs> you, know? you know, like some you'll inspire some people, and other people you won't. So okay, if not. I feel like that's just what he's saying. I feel like it's like self-explanatory to me. Like some people, like I said. Yeah. So I see it a little bit differently. Oh. <laughs> I mean, no, I, it's, it's for your interpret, interpret, interpretation. Interpretation. If I inspire you, great. Okay. So let's start with that one. Have you ever inspired anybody? I don't know. Okay. Probably? Yeah. Okay. But if I inspire you, great. Meaning, okay, hey, if you look at me and what I'm doing you you like and that, that causes you – think Kobe Bryant was inspired by Michael Jordan. Okay? Mm-hmm. So if someone's looking at him and they're inspired by what he does, he is he's like, I'm all for it. Right? I'm like, that means a lot and he – it's great that you look at me and I can cause you to take your game or your vision or your whatever to the next level because Jordan inspires me, but I'm not, it's not for basketball. Yeah. It inspires me because he had this relentless passion to not fail. And that's how I am. I, I just don't want to fail. I literally, one of my biggest fears is failing and <clears throat> that's in anything. Uh, it could be sports, it could be life, it could be the gym, it could be anything. I don't like to fail. I don't want to fail. And it does scare me. It's right up there with death uh, for me personally. I Failing 
is just like death to me. It just it it stabs me in the chest. Okay. So if you inspire him, great. Uh, appreciate. It. If you don't, then maybe I'm not the one you should be following. Now here's the this is the tricky one. Okay, because you can be you're 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 at the tip of the spear. People are following you and you're inspiring them, but sometimes you don't inspire them, but yet they follow you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And why do they follow you? You think, why do you think they, uh, for fame, maybe, I don't know. Fame. Absolutely. <laughs> but what do you, what happens with those people who are following someone? Okay. That does not inspire them, but they're, they're still in their, they're sitting in their wake, just kind of trailing them. They're the first ones to take shots at him. Mm-hmm. Right. He's basically saying, look, I, if I inspire you, that's a great thing. But if I don't, get the fuck out of my life. Yeah. Get out. Because all you're doing is pull me down. Mm-hmm. Right? So if I don't inspire you, then maybe you should find someone that does inspire you. Mm-hmm. Inspires you to do something great. Don't, don't, you know, look up to me or look at me and just to have an opportunity to tear me down. Mm-hmm. Run your mouth behind my back you know and i think in that documentary you've seen people would take shots at him and when he was at his pinnacle that's when they took shots at him right it wasn't when he first got in the league it's when he was at his pinnacle and all those people who were just in his you know riding his wake definitely weren't inspired by him but they're just waiting to talk smack and he wants those people out of his life and he don't want those people to follow him i don't want people in my life to follow me that don't believe in what i'm doing mm-hmm why else are you – why are you following me? Why are you – don't be fake to me. And as, as famous as he was, he had a lot of fake people. That's why in the end he, 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 he closed his group down to older individuals that was part of his, his security team um, that were – they weren't even his age. They were, you know, 20, 30 years older than him. And that became his closest niche. But you know why? Because he knew those dudes wanted to, to be there. He knew that he inspired them. But – they didn't know that they inspired him. Mm-hmm. They he wanted the father figure that he had when his dad was murdered. He wanted to look at these guys, or he would look at these guys and appreciate where they're at in their life with their families and their grandkids and all this. And he he's Jordan's in the moment. He's thinking about twenty or thirty years down the road, right? Mm-hmm. And he just does not want fake people. I don't want one fake mother effer in my life ever. And so if you're listening and you're fake and you're in my life, get out. Like, it's that simple. I don't want it. I don't want it. So don't don't act like I inspire you just so you can stay close to me just to be the first person to run their mouth, right? I think that's that's how I read it, and that's what I think he was tired of. And you could see that throughout the entire docu- or documentary. Um, who's someone that inspires you in CrossFit and in life and why? So let's start with CrossFit. Who Does anybody inspire, inspire you? as a CrossFitter that you would look up to or you follow pretty closely? I mean, I'm not somebody that like, just because you're famous or because you're good in a sport, that doesn't mean I'm like, I don't really look not to be an asshole. I don't really like look up to people that are like elite CrossFitters. I think it's cool how hard they work, but there's not like one specific person that, like sticks out to me that I'm like, damn, they're inspirational. I think if I had to choose one, it probably would be Sarah Sigmund's daughter. Um, mainly cause she's been knocked down like over and over again. And she still has like 
continued to come back and work hard. Um, but Which, going into this CrossFit Games, which has been kind of condensed down, she's done really well this year at other competitions. I think she's won three other events. Yeah. Which is really big for her, right? Her biggest knock was her mental game. Mm-hmm. But she still hasn't you know, taking that monkey off her back because she can win all the sanctionals she wants. It don't matter. Winning those, yeah, she's making money. That's not what she wants to win. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to win a sanctional. She wants to win the games. She wants to be she wants to win the games. And her biggest knock is when she gets there, she just melts down. Yeah. It's a ticking time bomb. Yeah. You know, we gotta watch it last year. It was just like in that freaking um what was that uh, the sprint like agility? What was that? Oh, yeah, uh, the that? course. Thing. Yeah, like the little course where Brooke Wells stepped on the line and cried about <laughs> it. And um, you just watched her just kind of melt down. And, and I think she had a bad event one. Everybody was waiting for her just to melt down, and she didn't do it. But it it, it definitely creeped in towards the end. Yeah. Uh, so, it, so athlete and CrossFit, okay, so you appreciate her getting knocked down and coming back. Why does that inspire you? I don't know, because it would be easy to give up, I guess, but I don't know. I don't even, I don't like that question that much, just because I feel like there's a lot of people that are, like, inspirational for different reasons, whether you're, like, elite or not. So, like, even in here, I feel like there's a lot of inspiring people just through life things that have happened, and they still make time to work out, or... Let's go there. Since you don't like the question, we'll just go deeper into it. Well, it's just hard for me to pick. Who who inspires you in here? Uh, I can't even pick one. Just pick one. I know you have multiple, and whoever this is, you're not the only one that inspires her, but give me one. I literally can't even just think of one person. I guess the first person that comes to mind is probably Cindy, just because she's lost so much weight, and she's it's like she has a fire burning under her ass right now. (laughs) Um, She's lost over 100 pounds. She had to have a major surgery done. Um, and she's had a lot of life things happen too, and she still has made time to work out. She's worked out literally, well, a shit ton this whole time. Um, I think that's motivating. She's not the best one in here and she's not the, you know, definitely not the lazy kind of person. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's so many people, they just have their own, everybody has their own shit, you know, but they still come. And work hard. Yeah. I I think finding inspiration, we've talked about this in other podcasts, inside your gym is huge. Letting them know that you, they inspire you because um, 99% of the time they have no idea. Like, because if we flipped a script, then you'd be like, well, I never knew I would inspire Jenna. Like, mm-hmm. why would Jenna be inspired by me? Mm-hmm. I scale this and I scale that and whatever. But it doesn't matter, right? Don't, you don't have to be elite to inspire Sigmund's daughter inspired you because she got knocked down and got back up, right? Mm-hmm. And she has a lot of doubters, right? And I don't, I don't dislike Sigmund's daughter, um, but I definitely doubt her. I doubt that her abilities. I doubt that she has the right mental mindset because you can be physically gifted; it doesn't matter. But if you don't have that mindset of like, hey, you got to control your emotions, yeah, you'll you'll never succeed in any at the pinnacle of any sport right and i definitely understand the the cindy thing i mean I, I get inspired by people in here daily you know i tell you one that um gets me is michelle 
Michelle inspires me, and she does, she'll she never know this, and I don't even think she listens to our podcast, but um, she has really bad asthma slash COPD, right? And I can't imagine only being – it's like I couldn't imagine having a straw in my mouth and only breathing through that mm-hmm. the entire time. Not my nose, just the straw because that's what it's like. Mm-hmm. That's insane to me. Insane yeah. to me, right? Like – you want to talk about panic attack? You want to talk about like anxiety? Mm-hmm. Your heart rate's 160, 180, okay? It's 90 degrees out, 100% humidity, and you can only breathe through a straw. Yeah. And you're still going, right? That's that stuff's crazy to me that she can do that on a pretty much daily basis in here, mm-hmm. right? And um but as far as a crossfitter, I like, uh, and I'm definitely, trust me, I'm no fangirl type person. Um, and I'm not doing this because this person has success, but I would say um, Matt Frazier. And it's not because of his, of his success. It's because we've talked about it in here. He was, he just won the CrossFit Games, just got his interview right off the winning, and he's already talking about what he sucks at and can't wait to train that next for next year. Mm-hmm. That mentality to me, is special okay and and the fact of i i can relate to it because i i don't like to suck at something okay crossfit is not my priority okay i don't want to suck as an owner right i know i'm not going to please everybody we've talked about that as well but i'm not afraid to like yeah i suck at this I just spent this last several weeks like do I what do I suck at like what can I do better right and I'm not afraid to self analyze myself because that's the only way I'm going to get better no one no one's telling Matt Frazier what he sucks at nobody mm-hmm. he's telling himself you know how he knows what he sucks at something he performs it and he doesn't do well at it right well and when you're that good it's easy to just be like not think of the things like what he sucks at or what he feels he sucks at is like amazing for everybody else. So for them, they're like, how do you suck at that? Correct. And I'll use Jenna as an example only because she's sitting here. Um, there's times I have to put her in check because she'll get so mad at herself because she couldn't do 40 muscle ups in a wad. Okay. And I'm like, bro, like you're being way dramatic about this because look at the person who wants to be able to even attempt to do one wants to do one wants to do five in a workout and you're sitting here all crying and pissed off because you didn't do well in this online workout okay i get it you can be mad but you can't take it to the extreme of you look like a baby right and i'm not saying that you're a baby but it it, it can come off that way right because Matt Frazier, he's pissed because he can't he can't do a workout in under five minutes when it, a normal person takes fifteen. Yeah. Right. But imagine if he if he projected that, right? If he projected like, oh, I'm so you know, I suck at whatever, blah blah blah. Yes, it's it's okay to use it as a a marker, like, hey, I'm not good at this. But you can't get down on yourself, like, because there's so many people that wish they could perform at your fifty percent. Right, they would love that. They would hate the feeling of their body, 
okay, because it would take him to another realm. But sometimes I think that's what happens is uh, people do – people are warming up with your max. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? It don't matter how strong you are, but someone's always warming up with your max. And that's kind of like, yeah. I wish I could pick that up one time and they're sitting here like touch and go in it as a warm up, right? Mm-hmm. And they make it look so effortless. And you you always hear, oh, you made that look so easy. And, and on the inside, you're like, that was tough, <laughs> right? <clears throat> so has anybody ever told you that you inspire them? Yeah. Okay. What that make you feel like? It makes you feel good, but I always like doubt, <laughs> doubt it. Kind of. Okay, so they tell you something and you immediately doubt them. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, you inspire me. Fucking liar. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it feels good, but then you kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it's like. Why do you doubt, do you doubt them or are you doubting you? Probably me. Not them, but me, I guess. I'm like. How could this. I feel like they're like misunderstood. <laughs> how could this lump of shit inspire anything? Yeah. I That's feel what, like they're like misunderstood. <laughs> yeah, she they they totally single single you out and come up to you and tell you that you inspire them and it was just a random thought. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So this right here is what I deal with, guys. Jen on a daily basis in training. <laughs> someone can literally go right up to her and finally get the courage because it can take courage to go up to someone and say, "Hey, you inspire me all," and "Oh, thank you, thank you." And then after the fact, it's like, "Ah, uh, they're full of shit." They, how can I inspire anybody? They're probably misunderstood. Probably. Right? Is that, I mean, why would you think that? I don't know. I guess I've always been that way. I don't really know why. I just feel like I'm like not that cool. <laughs> why would someone... I mean, you're definitely correct on that. Right? So why would someone be inspired by me? I don't I feel like a lot of people probably feel that way though. When someone, they're probably like, that's really nice, but, like, why? <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. You can't be wrong. This is your thoughts. <laughs> like, yeah. If there's one thing. No, I'm just saying that maybe other people feel that way. Like, if somebody says that they're inspired by you, you'd be like, okay, but why? I feel like, like, maybe it's, uh, like, you just kind of, like, shame yourself for some reason. Like, think... Like, you know all the things that you don't feel good about yourself. So, like, when someone says that they're inspired by you, you're like, okay, but there's so many bad things about me. So, like, why would you <laughs> like that? I don't know. You know what I mean? No, I don't. Because oh, okay. I, I definitely – but it's your mindset. You're allowed to think however you want. Yeah. Like, maybe try to get rid of that and see what happens. You know, yeah. actually, as of um, last night, I had someone message me that they look up to me. Um, and – I don't ever try to inspire a single person. Mm-hmm. I think that's where people get caught up is they try too hard, right? You try to be a leader, but you're not. You So you do all these things that are like you try to raise your voice. And you try to take charge, but when you take charge, no one follows you because you're not doing the right things. You're not leading the proper way. It's not always leading by example. It's There's a lot that goes into leadership alone, they, how you talk to people, um, how you communicate. Uh, putting the work in, doing the things behind the scenes that you never ask for credit. Um, but, you know, when I first was told that I had inspired someone, I do take a step back. And I, I'm not – my first thing I say is thank you. I 
really appreciate it. And I still say that to this day. And when people tell me that, I do appreciate it. Um, I appreciate the fact that they actually said it to me. That's hard, right? Mm-hmm. It's um, If we had people in here that someone inspired them in here in the, in the gym, if they had the opportunity to walk up to them directly and tell them or write them a letter and, you know, not put their name on it, mm-hmm. a majority is going to write that letter. They're not going to walk up to that person and say, hey, you inspire me, mm-hmm. okay, because it takes courage. So that's the biggest thing I appreciate is that, hey, man, I really I thank you for even taking the time to do it and then even saying that because it does mean a lot. The thing I don't ever let happen is I don't let it go to my head. Like I can't, um, you know, as much as it does mean to me, I'm kind of, I move right past it because I don't want to focus on, Oh man, I'm sitting here inspiring people. I don't wake up and be like, Oh, wonder how many people I'm going to inspire today. Like I'm like, I'm thinking about other stuff. Right. Um, but, and I think that's kind of where leadership comes in. Um, and kind of what Jordan was talking about, like, Hey, I'm doing my thing. My goal is not to inspire you. Mm-hmm. My goal is to, I want to win and I want to do things that no one's ever done before. And if that inspires you, awesome, great. If it doesn't, get out of my life, get out of my way because I'm trying to do big things, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of how it feels like I appreciate it and that means a lot, but I don't wake up to inspire anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty cool when they actually have the courage to bring that up. Um, so if you are listening, please don't tell Jenna that um, – she inspires you because she's not going to believe you anyways. <laughs> wow. I'm kidding. Sort of. Um, another thing that I've seen and actually had happen, uh, don't be surprised if you attack someone that others deem essential or important and they take offense to it. Meaning if, if there's me and you are having a conversation and we have a mutual friend, a uh, mutual person that we know and you really look up to them. They inspire you. They just, they mean a lot to you. And then I'm sitting here talking shit about them. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't, don't think that because me and you are cool that I can talk smack about another person that inspires you and you not to get mad about it. Yeah. Right. Has that ever happened in your life? Has anybody ever said anything to you about someone else that like, you're like, whoa, like, why are you doing this? Like, you take a step back, and then it really kind of shows you the type of person that you're sitting down with. It kind of sh- opens up the curtain on them. Yeah, I mean, not like, not really somebody specific, but I feel like people that talk about other people anyways all the time are, like, not very trustworthy. Like, if they're talking about other people all the time, then, like, what are they going to say about you to somebody else kind of thing? When you're not around. Yeah, I don't really like that. I don't really like talking about people or somebody else's fault because there's always two sides to every story and I try to give people the benefit of the doubt um, because I think some people just take it from like their side or their opinion and their feelings and they it is an opinion opinionated conversation it's not like an actual what happened or that kind of thing so yeah I I (coughs) I've had it happen. I've actually, I tell that person like, look, you need to shut the hell up. And cause I've never seen that what you're saying. 
And I even went to 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 the point of saying, like, what do you say about me when I'm not around? Mm-hmm. If you're sitting here bad-mouthing someone that is an unbelievable person, not just what I think, but what a lot of people think, and you're bad-mouthing them, me and you are just having a casual conversation, and it comes out of nowhere, and you're sitting here talking smack about them, what the hell do you say about me when I'm not around? Yeah. It is the biggest removal of a curtain. It's like literally, yeah. I thought you were this. You are definitely not that. And my guard's up around you to the day we no longer talk because mm-hmm. that's where it's heading, right? Because I think a problem, let's say as an owner, we'll, go, we'll, go, we'll use me as an example. I'm not going to please everybody, mm-hmm. okay? My goal is not to please 100% of our members because if I do that, then I'm going to fail. I will fail because then people are going to run all over me and run all over our our things that we deem essential, meaning um, accountability, um, standard of movement, um, the community. I mean, it means a lot. Like we don't allow bad mouthing in here. If I ever catch when someone's talking smack about someone in a bad way, I address it. Yeah, I mean, well, we even if somebody is doing something wrong, you've said that before. Like we're not talking about that. Um, kind of yes. thing. Yeah. Like, so we've had a couple people that were asked not to be part of this yeah. gym and, but we don't allow it. I, I yeah. said, I tell them in an email, look, this is what happened. This is the reason, uh, it ends with this email. And if I hear anybody talking about them in a bad way, it's, it's not accepted. We're going to have a conversation because we're not going to create the atmosphere in here. But it's just I, negative. It is a negative energy that doesn't need to happen. But I think the thing with you, which I'm about to compliment you, so you can sit, buckle up. <laughs> Give me something, uh, boys. No, I think that the thing with you is that people don't have to guess like what <laughs> a standard is or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people might not like that about you, but you don't. And I'm sure there's <laughs> people sure listening that don't yeah. don't like that, but. The thing is, is like you don't have to guess, and um, like what you say is what you will do, and that's like cool, you know. Thanks. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> you're curled up in a fetal position. You need a drink of water after yeah, that. Yeah, kind of hard. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, but here's the thing, right? If I know for a fact that I do my best, and I try to communicate that anything that is done for the gym is not for me, it's to make it better for everybody. Well, and it's for a as reason. Many, as many people. It's ev- everything I do is a reason, for a reason. It's mm-hmm. not It's not a guess. <laughs> With that said, um, I'm sure the people have talked shit about me behind my back here. And it's not, I don't know, it's just, it's the numbers game, right? Yeah. If you have 100 people, yeah, somebody's bound to, somebody's bound to say or something. Not, or not be happy. Or not be happy. It could be behind closed doors, it could leak out. And I think, um, I truly believe that if something ever does, it was ever brought up in an open forum, I think people would go to bat for me, mm-hmm. right? Because I would do it for them, right? And I think that's kind of where it's at is if I am the leader of CrossFit Excess, okay, mm-hmm. and people look up to me, um, then those people that look up to me, if someone says something to them or about me, of course they're going to take offense to it as if 
someone says something about you, and I'm like, I'll literally be taken back. Like, okay, why the hell would you say that? Why would you bring that up? Because, you know, this, that's not true. It's not this. Like, and why are you doing it about one of our people, right? One of our members. Because as, as close as Jen has been here, literally, I was just looking up our, our six year anniversary is coming up. I pulled up some pictures of painting on that damn um, uh, float yeah. that we had that we wheeled around in here on this wretched, dirty gym. Jen has been here since the beginning. She's uh, followed us. She used to drive from BFE all the way to here. Uh, she would drive from BFE to BG back to here. And like, mm-hmm. it was just, you know, I, I will always have a special place for those who were there when no one else was. Um, and that she was one of them, right? Mm-hmm. And it always it always means the world to me. And you know, for for someone to um, say something bad about her, it would just it would drive me up a wall. But that would be for any member, mm-hmm. any member for sure. Um, I think I told you about this too. Um, yesterday we were talking about it, I think. But um, no matter what your stance is on Mike DeWine, and I really don't have a ton of bad things to say, just because like I'm not of that role, so I don't, I don't know. But I will say that the thing that made me the most uneasy is like, yes, I know that he's never gone through this situation before, but as a leader. Um, like being confident in your decisions and not going back and forth on what you're saying, that is concerning to me. So like, I think that's like why I said for you, it's like, you don't have to guess, you don't go back and forth on what you're (laughs) saying, but then it builds like a trust thing. Like you trust somebody in their decision that what they're doing is, I'm going to follow through. Yeah. You're going to follow through. And, and that was, I guess, cause we were going to talk about like this in life and, no, you're right in life for sure because you have a lot of people that was looking up to some the leader, the governor of your state, right? Yeah. We need a direction. This shit is scaring me because everybody's saying I'm going to die. Jenna thought she was going to brush past someone and fall over dead yeah. within 30 seconds, right? So you're right. When you're wishy-washy like that, okay, it, it's different uh, like that you sat down, you thought about it, and you went to into this uh, direction. And then something else comes up that gives you more information, and then you make an adjustment off of that. Mm-hmm. But if you if you are committed and you make an, uh, this decision, and then you totally, within a couple hours, 12 hours, revert back to something before that, then that's a problem. People are going to look at that and say, holy crap, why would you make that decision in the first place? Mm-hmm. And then a couple hours later, totally rescind that like mm-hmm. right i mean that right there is where it doesn't build trust and i think that's kind of where you people started finally getting fed up i think march 16th was when i kind of put my podcast out i was just venting pissed off about all this and then i gave a date on when people are going to start getting mad and sure sure enough that's when it happened like people are they just get fed up mm-hmm. like you get fed up of hearing stupid stuff i would get fed up of hearing people saying things about you i'd get fed up like Hey, we're going to do this and this is our direction. And then, oh, wait, no, not. We're going to do this and we're going to go this direction. Wait, no, we're going to go to this direction. 
Now everybody's like, what the heck's going on here? Yeah. Right? We used to do that in uh, our old gym. And, uh, like, pick a direction and be confident in that decision and just go for it. Like, it needs to be well thought out. If it's not well thought out, then, like, you what's – Yeah, you're, you lose your credibility. And yeah, your credibility shot when if – if it's if you don't put the time and effort, and that's why everything I do is for a reason. That's why everything I do is thought out. There is no like this podcast, right? We could have we could have shut it down and been done. And honestly, if if that person didn't send a message, I was done with it completely. Mm-hmm. And um, and then when you're like, I believe everything happens for a reason, and there's a reason that person sent that message. Because in all honesty, if they didn't, this wasn't going to happen. And plus, like, we hadn't had a new episode for, like, a month and a half or something. Yeah, like that. literally. So, so, like, for them to send it, it was kind of random. So, sitting down, me and Jenna were like, can this happen? Well, we, we put every situation we could together. We took price the equipment. Where are we getting the funds? Blah, blah, blah. Boom. And it's done. And we're going to roll with it. And, and that's just the reality. So, We talked about uh, leaders. You know, if someone this is your leader, coaches is another one, right? Um, did you ever have a coach you looked up to besides me? No. Oh. I didn't. I really didn't have a good relationship, obviously, with. Yeah. Um. Any soccer coach I really had, maybe when I was younger. Um. Because you're so old. Yeah, I mean, like, how in old were you during though? the ninety uh, ninety seven ninety eight Bulls? Uh. Five, six. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> yeah, I actually, if I had to look up to anybody, um, well, okay, because I've been, like, thinking about this. Like, who I would look up to that is a, of a public figure. Actually, probably three people. <laughs> Good God. See, this is, this. <laughs> Jen is not very decisive, as you can I'm see. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, like, the worst about that. Uh, One would be Allie Raisman. And I've never even been a gymnast. She's a a USA gymnast, but um, she has been a huge advocate for sexual abuse, which is something that is near to me. And um, I just think it's crazy. All of those girls got up in front of millions of people and stood up to somebody. I can't even imagine reading a victim witness statement in front of all of those people, like worldwide people know about that. And not only that, she continues to donate money to funds for that. So I just think that's super cool. Then second would be Pat Summit. And again, I haven't played basketball really, but she was an awesome coach. And um, she kind of took a lot of uh, girls from University of Tennessee under her wing and almost was like a parent to a lot of them because a lot of them didn't come from like good home lives. Um, and stuff like that. And let me let me give you a little nugget on Pat Summit. Yeah. Okay. So she went down probably the greatest female mm-hmm. basketball coach ever, right? Maybe one of the best coaches ever, not just female related. Yeah. And um, the biggest thing that she did that people probably a lot of people don't know about, and I don't study her, but I just heard this and was, I thought it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Is she would get people um, at halftime. You go and make your halftime adjustments. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a lot of people, coaches, they'll watch the game and like, okay, when we have time, we got to make these adjustments. And then the, the the athletes come in, they say, hey, this is what we need to do. We're going to adjust. We're going to do this, and we're going to attack this, and we're going to do this differently. Okay, we really need to focus on this person, blah, blah, blah. The coolest thing that she did was when the, uh, her athletes would come in, 
she'd have them write, I think it was on a whiteboard mm-hmm. individually. They would write down the problems that they seen that they were personally having. Mm-hmm. Then she would take those and then equate the halftime adjustments based on what they were seeing and what they were feeling because they were the players. Yeah. Right. So yes, yeah, she could control, but how often does a head coach allow them to say, Hey, here, write, write down the issues you're having and then scan it and be able to articulate like, okay, here's the holes. These are all like kind of lining, lining up and adding up. There's a reason it's not because of X's and O's for her. Um, there's a reason why she was one of the best head coaches, and that's because she listened. Mm. She listened to her players. She used her knowledge combined with what the input she was getting from her players. And you got to better believe that if you give your players the ability to have input. And a voice. And like a voice. A, yeah. Then you give them a game plan that's based around their voices and they know it. You, you don't think they're going to go out and play harder? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Because now what they're saying is on the line. Right. If the coach is wrong and they make the wrong halftime adjustments and they lose, you don't really the coach made bad bad halftime adjustments. They don't look at your players went over six from three and you know, we're shooting sixty percent from the field. Like they don't look at that. They don't look that your players didn't perform, they look that you made the bad halftime adjustments, yeah. right? She put the she put the pressure on her players, like, hey, if this is what you're saying, I'll get you game plan. You all better better be ready to execute because it's coming. And remember, this is what you said. Yeah. But I'm going to put my spin on it. Mm-hmm. What's your third? Well, I guess it's not really like one person, but the 99ers. And if I had – Julie Foudy was always like one of my favorite soccer players. She was part of the 99ers. Um, What's the 99ers? Tell people. Uh, it's a U.S. women's soccer team. Um, she – they won uh, the national championship. But I would probably say – I don't know. Mia Hamm was always cool, and I know that sometimes I have a hard time picking people that were, like, just in the spotlight. Um, Like, they were the best player because I feel like everybody liked them because they were the best player. But she would miss out on so many, like, special moments. Like, after they had just won, she had to go do all these interviews, and, like, she missed out on all those, like, cool moments with her team right after – um, cause she was busy, you know, talking, um, to the media. So, um, that, and then the other cool part about Julie Foudy, which I think she was an awesome player, but I just liked her energy. And also later on, I found out that she used to, um, like videotape and she was kind of like the photographer for the team. So she would capture like all these moments and would always do like kind of the goofy things uh, of her team. And then later on that, well, they're making a film right now that's supposed to be on Netflix. I don't know when, but. Is that the one you shared? Yeah. So that'll be really cool to see. But I think a lot of it is clips that she took. So that's kind of cool because I used to always like have her jersey and stuff instead of Mia Hams. I was always Julie Foudy. Um, I just always thought she was really cool and fun but yeah that team just in general and I used to have a a poster of Brandy Chastain um like after she scored the winning goal she like slid across the field and took her shirt off and is that the blonde hair chick yeah Yeah, and so when I was I used to be like really goofy when I played soccer so well like one of my tactics was to like try to tell a joke or something and then I would like sidetrack them to get the ball (laughs) 
What, oh. jo- what was a joke? Give me a joke that you would tell. I don't know. Come I would on. just be like, take a hike or something. Like, <laughs> oh, you're going to get, the, I'm going to get the ball. Or like, just like, be totally <laughs> stupid. I don't know if I was just bored or what. But one game I did score a goal. And um, this was like around that time. I mean, obviously I was pretty little, uh, like seven or eight. So I slid across the field and took my shirt off. But I think my mom might have a picture of it somewhere. And then this all actually goes into inspiration, right? You yeah. have never done that. It's no. something that inspire you to do that, right? And yeah. I and th- I well, th- sorry. Now that I'm older too, I like realize how inspirational that was at that moment. Just being a female too, like that to take your shirt off in the middle of a field because you're so happy, that would have been frowned upon a long time ago. That would have been like she's a whore or whatever, you know what I mean? But it was like or disgraceful, but it was just like that was such a proud moment it was in the moment right yeah and it was just so it was amazing I, I think something you just said is that um sometimes people will inspire you after the fact yeah and i think that's a travesty because you're too blind and too naive to see that what this person was doing right jordan's teammates mm-hmm. what he was doing in the process uh of talking smack elevating their game getting them to get into a mindset of like hey if you can't handle he said this if you can't handle me talking smack to you in this game you can't handle me riding your ass you're not ready for the playoffs you're not ready to play the Knicks you're not ready to play Detroit and when we get into it when it matters and they're talking smack and you're going to let that phase you Mm -hmm. then you ain't ready and well, it would take you off your game. You yeah. Know? And, and then was, you would start getting upset about them pushing you, started, you around. Well, or whatever. Emotion, you would get emotional, right? Yeah. And that's what was often talked about. When you fight in a cage, you got it's not everybody's like, man, I, you get pumped up when you get a, you know, beat someone. I don't even, you don't even look at it that way. It's I've trained for this. I'm going to go execute, execute my game plan and try and do my best to beat this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that, it's that way. It's still a fight. It's like anything can go, right? Anything can go. You could go in, get hit stunned and then now you your reaction time's off and it totally it sucks the life out of you right i've been dropped one time and it it takes all your energy out it literally does and it just messes your body up right Mm -hmm. it's how you do when that happens so when people put you on a pedestal more people take shots at you we kind of talked about that earlier Mm -hmm. um this can cause you to want to shut down and lock yourself behind closed doors um People put you on a pedestal. I didn't put myself up there. Jordan didn't put himself up there. People you inspired didn't put you – or you didn't put yourself up there, right? Mm-hmm. People will elevate you to X, mm-hmm. right, and the pedestal, right? And – but the problem is now that you are above someone because I, I, don't, I don't like to stand on a box and talk. I don't like to – if someone's sitting down, I don't – even on our training course, I don't like to stand up and talk down. I, I hate that. Like I try to get myself to their, to, to their level, meaning it's, it's a respect thing. Like if you're standing up, I don't have a problem having a knee, right? I don't – it could be a weak position dominant-wise, but I don't care. I'm not here to dominate you. I'm not here to pound down over top of you. Look at me. I'm above you. It's, a, it's always been a sign of um, – even back to the Egyptian days, I mean, you see the the person on top cracking a whip. The Persian days, cracking the whip on the people carrying them. Like that's that's just poor, right? I, I would never want to do that. There's a time to intimidate and use that as 
a tool of controlling a situation, definitely in law enforcement, right? You're, a, you're, um, you're the authority. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to establish a dominance of <clears throat> Pat sitting down. You're annoying Pat. Pat stands up and says this. You might take a step back because Pat's a large dude, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. He's going to establish his dominance in that fact. But when you're up there, guess what? You're exposed. Now more people freaking see you, right? The more people that can see you, they're going to take shots at you because you got freaking dumb shit over here who's hated you hated you their whole life, and they can't wait till you're up there and take a shot at you because they know more people are going to hear it, right? Um, now, <clears throat> this can cause you to kind of shut down and lock yourself behind closed doors, meaning – If you put yourself out there, okay, or you're up here in this limelight, and then someone takes a shot at you yeah, and just you ridicules be, you, well, how, you're what's in that vul- going, how's that going to make you feel? If you're in a vulnerable spot and you're like that, then, yeah, it makes you not want to do it again. Right, well, let's, whether let's, it's like I don't want to put that effort back out there for someone to not appreciate it or – Let's talk about photography, right? Okay. So that's your profession, mm-hmm. okay? You're okay at it. Mm-hmm. and um, But, no. If someone's out there openly bashing your work on Instagram, mm-hmm. okay, and they repost it and mm-hmm. they just trash you, yeah, okay, what's that? What's that do to you? I mean, it would hurt. I don't know if. Would you fire back or would you kind of? Well, I don't ever really away keep like my that, mouth shut. That Homer Simpson meme where he kind of goes back into the bush. No, have you seen that one? Yeah, but I wouldn't. I normally don't keep my mouth shut if somebody if somebody uh I will definitely hurt, vouch that she will talk a, mu- a bunch of shit. <laughs> if somebody hurts me or somebody I care about and I feel like it wasn't for a good reason, <laughs> then yeah, I will definitely say something, but um if somebody were to do something like that, it's just like I don't know. That shows what kind of person they are too, so I wouldn't be like a dick back per se. I would just be like, uh, that's not really needed or cool. But yeah, it would be hard to post stuff. But even, I mean, now without somebody saying stuff, I still like will compare my work to somebody else and be like, maybe I'm not that great at this. But I think that's kind of normal for anybody that does art in general. Cause or you're female. Yeah, could be. Definitely female. Yeah. The guys will definitely compare themselves too, but... Across the board, I've seen more females compare themselves to others um, for no reason. Yeah, but I think it's different when it's like artwork, too, because you're like, I mean, some people probably wouldn't call photography artwork, but. It's definitely an art. Yeah, it takes, I mean, editing and stuff like your edits are different. People could take the same exact picture. It would all look different based on not just what they see, but how they edit. So, um, Why do you think people take shots at them? They're insecure about themselves. I mean. There's people, people's work that I don't particularly like or isn't my style, but it's theirs. So, <laughs> I don't really. I think it's just like an insecurity thing if somebody were to say something like that. But no one said anything to my face, so. Yeah. Um, give you an example. Um, for me personally, we just opened up 2014, May. And in September, 
we ran our first competition. I'd ran a couple competitions before this. Um, definitely had it down. Uh, I've competed a lot. I had a direction. I knew what to do. Jim down the road, um, their owner eventually got ousted uh, for good reason. But started. I didn't know this until actually about two years ago. Was run running his mouth about how dumb it was that I was running a competition that I haven't earned my stripes and had the I haven't earned earned enough respect to hold a competition mm -hmm. and how dumb that was of me. So this guy's sitting here bashing me because I'm running a competition. We didn't even sell it out. It was like maybe seventy five percent, right? It was our first one, first time in the area, really, and. Um, you know, we're about to have our seventh one uh, of the same Smash Fest. And I did it because we're trying to raise revenue to buy equipment for the gym. Mm -hmm. I knew I could offer a good product and do a good job at it. And it gave people around this area where we used to have to travel, always travel to Columbus to mm -hmm. compete or further. There was never a local competitions around here ever when we first got here. There was none. And um, you're right, insecure. They feel a threat. He felt threatened by what I was bringing, yeah. right? I'll come to the gym. I've said this a hundred times. You can open up beside me. I'm not scared. Like if our, our members want to leave and go to your gym, then I don't want them here. It's that simple. Like I don't, like I said, I don't want people to follow me that I don't inspire. Yeah. Well, I think we've talked about this before on previous podcasts, I think about the crab effect, but like, because you're succeeding, people like are always going to want to bring you down no matter what. Yeah. And I've had that even like people that are supposed to be really close to me. Um, I th think I said this like, a couple podcasts ago, but Birdie was pretty much the only one that, um, like believed that I could run my own business and do photography. I was about to work at Dick Sporting Goods, y'all. <laughs> so she went I actually did a training cause I was so scared. <laughs> I wasn't going to have a job. And, uh, yeah, he was like, you need to quit that job and work on your business. Cause you're good at what you do. And people that, should have been supporting me. We're not supporting me. Now they support me because I make money off of it. But And they're like, yeah, you can do it. You're doing such a great job. But it's funny, until you succeed in doing that, um, a lot of people won't support you. And, and that's when you get a peek behind that curtain. You yeah. find out exactly who you think your people are. You find out exactly who they are, are when you're trying to do something that they're envious of, mm -hmm. right? People, Her friends, envious. Because why? Um She's doing her own business. They're not. Yeah. They're they're they are now tied to someone that, ha in essence, owns them. Mm -hmm. Um. And some people function perfectly like that, and that's what they need in their life. But sometimes they want to do what you're doing. They're scared to do it, but now they're mad that you did it, something they couldn't do mm -hmm. that they have the option to. Do. Anybody can start their own business. Yeah. It's not easy, right? Mm -hmm. Um. And you just. You get to see what people are made of, mm -hmm. right? And I think tying to CrossFit, man, it's as an owner, I have so many examples. I don't give a shit what owner, other owners think about me. If they think I'm a whatever, that's fine. I don't care. If they think I'm the greatest, I appreciate it, but it doesn't it doesn't change who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be me, right? And I think that's when we started the gym in the area, I think that's what caused a rift with some gyms is we didn't fall into the fold of, Talking shit about other gyms, talking shit about their members. We didn't do that in our own gym. We set a precedent. We have a standard. We we coach every one of our people. We don't not just our best. 
And I think that caused a rift with some people, and it kind of expanded out. Because, look, I'm not going to tolerate you talking smack about someone I know. We just mm. talked about it earlier. I know them. They're not that way. And why are you talking smack about them to me and not to them? Like, mm. me and you are going to know how I feel about you. I don't care how you feel about me. If you ain't going to tell me, I don't care. I'm going to tell you you're going to know where we stand personally. And I do that. Why? To protect myself. I, I'm open with someone because I'm not going to get blindsided. I already know what this asshole is made of. Mm -hmm. So anything they do or say, I'm not even worried about. The people who hurt us the most are the closest ones to us, right? And and in CrossFit, as an actual CrossFit member, um, you, you do really well in a workout, and you're proud of it, and then someone talks smack about it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, but you didn't do all your reps. Oh, really? I, yeah, I did. Or... No, I just had an off day, but good job. Yeah. Instead of like, man, that's awesome. Way to go, dude. You, I was trying to keep up with you, and you freaking would not stop, and that pissed me off. But you crushed it. Good job. Instead mm -hmm. of saying that, you did really well. You're you're proud of yourself for a split second because yeah, not only did you show up, you did something. You did a workout that maybe you were excited about but kind of nervous about because I think people in here get more nervous about workouts that they do. Yeah, that, they, that they're supposed to do good at because mm -hmm. they, they have now have this expectation, mm -hmm. right? Um, and first thing is they talk smack about you because you did better than them. Are you effing kidding me? Like, are, like <clears throat> if I ever heard that, I would do. I would run across the gym as the owner. I'd run across the gym and drop kick the person who did that. Like, get the F out of here. Like, are you kidding me? This person just killed it. They gave everything they got, and guess what? If you're mad that they did better than you, put the work in. Because I see them working. Mm -hmm. Don't be mad because you set the bar down they didn't. Because you want to think that maybe they didn't set the bar down because they didn't. They knew that you probably wouldn't, but you bitched out. That's on you, bro. Like, that's just the way it is. Don't be mad at them. Don't steal their joy. And, I, and that's what happens in CrossFit gyms. I've seen it. I've been in CrossFit gyms. That's all they care about. What's your score? What'd you get? How heavy did you go? What's this? What's that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, mm -hmm. hey. How's your day? Well, I think there's a difference between being like competitive and then like taking it overboard. Being sometimes. a douchebag. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're sitting here attacking someone that you care about supposedly yeah. because they lifted heavier than you. They did better than you. Hey, maybe you're out of shape. Maybe you haven't been putting the work in. Maybe you're not good at a movement in there and they're better at it. Like that is a pet peeve of mine. I think is like when you do a workout and that's like the first thing somebody asks is like, what was your score? Like. Dude, why don't you just be like, good job, or like, man, that sucked balls, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, get? Yeah, I don't like that. Oh, I got you by one. You want a fucking cookie? That's what I would yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, we got that line where you can be a dick, and you're definitely towing that line, okay? Like, yeah. tell me good job, how much it sucked, and then ask me my score. Like, let's or have just it. look it up. <laughs> <laughs> or I just called it out, and you heard what I yeah. said, right? Um. It's so easy for me personally, uh, maybe you as well, to focus on two or three negative people out of 100 and not focus on the 97 who love everything you're doing and support the shit out of you. I struggle with that to this day, mm -hmm. okay? And I know it's a problem of mine, but <clears throat> I'm a problem solver, right? So if I have 100 problems and 97 are good, three aren't, I'm worried about the three that aren't mm -hmm. because I, I want to make it right. Not for me, not to please everybody. 
<laughs> but there's a problem and I want to fix it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I just, I'm relentless in wanting to fix problems. I, sometimes I, and I'm sure people listening have done this, like you have the problem figured out that someone's bringing to you before they can even finish the, the conversation mm-hmm. and then you interrupt them to fix it. I've done that. My thing is, is like, if I ever have an issue, I, I'm a talker, so I would rather just, like, talk about it, and then if we're still not on the same page or whatever, if it, if you can't move on from it, then it's just not meant to be. <laughs> I totally agree. I totally agree with that. So, <clears throat> we sent out uh, anonymous surveys, and um, this is tough for me. It's probably my most anxious I ever get, like, okay, so... When we send out these surveys, clearly there it's done anonymously, so they feel free to say whatever they want and not have me saying, "Hey, about that survey." Yeah. Um. So you're gonna get the truth, mm-hmm. right? So sitting here waiting, waiting all night. God dang! I tell you, you put yourself out there. You feel so exposed. I feel like I could, and this is totally opposite of what I like how I would ever do anything. But I feel like I'm, I would, I would feel better. Stripping down butt naked and walking down 75. I-75. Maybe you should just do that this time (laughs) instead of sending the survey Their Memorial Day, like when everybody's out. Like I am literally – I don't believe you. I swear on my life (laughs) that I would almost (laughs) rather do that and then sit here and wait for these surveys to come in about the thing that you love and have the most passion for. Mm -hmm. I just literally – I feel like I'm not a control freak, but I don't ride roller coasters because I'm not in control of it. I don't kind of like to fly because I'm not flying the plane. I don't like someone's driving because I'm afraid they're going to wreck. Yeah, I'm literally the exact opposite. <laughs> so, so I definitely could be defined as a control freak, but it's because if I'm going to crash, I want to be the one flying the plane. Oh, no. If I'm going to wreck, I want to be the one driving the car. If I, if I, there's no control of a roller coaster. Like if you fall out, you know. But if you fall out, you're you fall out. Like I have no control over that. (laughs) But that's where I stand. So when I sit this and I'm waiting for these freaking responses, I'm like, oh, okay, that one's not so bad because you you get them. Like I'm refreshing. I feel like I'm a, I feel like I'm a, uh, uh. leaderboarding on the CrossFit Open. Like, I'm hitting refresh, refresh, refresh. That bitch. Refresh, refresh. There's no way they got that score, right? I don't do that. But that's what I feel like I'm doing. I'm waiting for these to come in, but I don't want to read them. I'm waiting for something to come in I don't want to read. I am like, oh, my God, I don't want to open this, but I'm going to do it. I got four, and then you get a bad one. Mm -hmm. Motherfucker. I'm just – I just read 12 straight that were – Cross the board, perfect. Mm-hmm. And I'm not aiming for perfection, but I want everybody to feel – if this is what they're saying, and I they know I don't know who the hell they are, okay, because I even – you can uh, grade it from like poor, uh, average uh, – there's like five options mm-hmm. with excellent being the highest. And ideally above, uh, above average and above is what I want. Mm-hmm. Okay, a couple average, eh, yeah, maybe that gets you thinking, right? And that's why you do these, right? It gets you thinking. Um, 
I read 12 great ones. I leave sections for their comments. Like you can, you want to say anything? You want to get it up your chest? Here's your opportunity. And it's one of the hardest boxes to let open because, yes, I want you to speak freely, but I don't want you to speak freely. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. if you want to say something, I want you to say it to my face, but you don't want to say it to my face clearly, right? So you finally get a bad one. And I'm like, oh, what the hell? What's this all about? Really? What are they thinking that way for? Who is this? Motherfucker, I'm going to find you. And I'm like, ah, you can't be that way. Mm-hmm. I gave them an opportunity to say what they wanted. Um what I'll always disagree with, though, um, and our last survey was done last year, and we scored, it was like 95%. So maybe 5% bad. Um, had a few that were negative on uh, certain aspects. There's a couple kind of like, ah, maybe so. I could see that. And that's kind of why I like to do it is like maybe I'm missing something that I don't realize. And if I see enough of that, like – it's like cleanliness. Like mm-hmm. I think we do a, a good job, but if that if that's creeping down, I get a lot in. It's like average or below. Like well, maybe it's not as good as I think it is, mm-hmm. right? Because they're 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 not just making this up, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm missing something, right? So that's kind of why I like to do them and give someone a voice that maybe typically wouldn't speak up. The downfall is ninety five percent. I'm not focused on that ninety five percent. I'm focused on those three to five comments that I got that are just blowing my mind, like. Okay, you got a problem, clearly. You're disgruntled, clearly. I ask, why are you here? Why are you part of the gym? If you're that disgruntled and you're not happy, why are you here? Why are you still here? Why are you taking the survey and still here if you don't like it? Okay? Two, my door is always open. I've always said, hey, my door's open. You got a problem? Please come to me. Well, why are you now only saying this when... It's anonymous. Mm-hmm. Would you want me to do that about you? Okay. Because I send out emails. If we have a problem in the gym, I'll send out an email saying, hey, everybody, don't forget to welcome people when they come in. Mm-hmm. I don't say, hey, Jenna, I seen your bitch ass <laughs> not welcome someone in the gym when they came in for their visit. Don't you do that shit again. I don't do that. Okay. Even though I know it's Jenna and even though I know it's Whoever, if I know so too, I'm going to address the membership in its entirety for two reasons. One, the people who didn't do it, they know I'm going to, I'm talking about them, but I'm not ousting them in front of everybody. Two, it's also a reminder for people who may let that slip, like, hey, tighten this up. I don't want to feel, I wouldn't want to feel the way like I was, didn't belong here when I walked in, right? So, when people are up on the pedestal and they take shots at you and, you, and then you, it's easy to focus on the two to three or the five negative reviews out of the hundred, man, you know, it, it takes the wind out of your sails. It, you pour so much into yourself for something great. Nothing hurts more than when someone, you know, when someone kind of turns their back on you and takes a shot at you for no reason. So you pour everything into photography. I pour everything into CrossFit, uh, running the gym, or you pour everything into your training. And say you make games, right? For every 100 positive comments, you're going to get 10 negative ones saying, you don't deserve that. I watched your video on the open. You cheated your reps. You did that. 
Mm-hmm. You're on steroids. You're doing shit illegal. You shouldn't be doing, you know, you're going to get negative with that. Why? Because you're on the pedestal. Mm-hmm. And that sucks, right? You just did your best. You just accomplished something that very few people get to accomplish. They're taking shots at you. As they're going to, as soon as you turn their back, they're talking smack. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a shirt that says that. <laughs> but um, is that human nature, do you think? Mm, I think sometimes it's just like, uh, maybe partially how you're raised and two, if you're like super unhappy with your life, but I don't think everybody's like that. No, I agree. Cause I, I've never been, <laughs> I've never been that way. Human nature would be saying that we default to that Yeah. by, with no purpose or intent. It just, it's how we react, right? Human nature, right? So I don't think it's human nature either. I think that people are envious and jealous or Maybe you said something that pissed them off and they're too big of vaginas to talk to you about like an adult. So they're going to take shots behind your back, right? Because they feel like you slighted them. So the next thing they're going to do is slight you, right? You beat them in a workout. So they're going to talk smack to, about you ba- uh, about you behind someone's back about, oh, man, her, her reps were sketchy or blah, blah, blah. I can't believe she did that. What happened? Is she on steroids? Or, you know, they don't know that you've been on your nutrition for three or four months straight that you've honed that in, that you've worked on your mobility, recovery, flexibility, stability. You put hours of work in that no one sees you do, and then it shows up on the result of the wad floor. And like we said, they're first to ridicule you instead of high-five you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's sad. I think it really is sad. And I think that's where you you start getting some separation. We talked about segregation of members inside of a CrossFit gym. That's when you start getting the separations of, people who are normal and then the douchebags right um has it ever happened to you in crossfit <clears throat> where you pour your pour yourself so much into it um it, it, you feel like you did really well and then someone as soon as that happens they talk smack maybe but it's more like bragging that they did better kind which of is thing. your favorite you always love getting those messages right yeah, during the open, I would always get messages about asking what my score is, and they didn't talk to me for the rest of the year. They only <laughs> talked to me when yeah. I did the workout, so that that was kind of frustrating and annoying, and then I would have people that would try to get me to come to their gym to be on a team, um, and again, it's like, you don't care about me as a person or any other time of the year, it's just when it's convenient for you. And it will benefit you. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not really like that anyway, so. But, no, I think people that are like that typically, like, I always think about people that are on social media that comment, uh, like, rude shit on people's posts. I'm like, okay, you either just, like, want attention or. You're on the pedestal. We just talked about that, right? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, they're all, they're, you're never going to talk shit about somebody that's doing less than you. You know, for example. And I don't, I don't follow. I forget even how I seen this, but I think it was on a tweet. I don't even have Twitter, but someone shared it. Um, when the teams got removed from CrossFit games, okay, someone said a, a comment on something. Rich posted. Oh, it was on Instagram. He posted that um, training hard for something, but they're going to do that team competition at mayhem now for all the teams that qualify for games oh really yeah they're gonna do the teams at mayhem and um, run that event 
So, well, people thought maybe he's going to train for individual, and someone said, hey, you're training for individual, so you can prove to everybody that you can beat Matt Frazier. And Frony responds, he's uh, back with, uh, I have nothing to prove. Mm-hmm. So, no, he's training because they're still going to run a team event for teams that were that can't do the CrossFit Games that qualified. He's trying to step up and help the community out, right, because they, he can host them and, and uh, California can't. So, but that's the first thing is, like, what's he have to prove? Mm-hmm. What's he have to prove? He's won so many times. Beating Frazier, what's that do? Yeah. What's that prove? We already knew he was great, but if he loses a Frazier – Everybody's going to say, oh, you're past your prime, you're this, you're that, you suck, you should just go yeah. back to team. So he has nothing to prove. He has nothing to do. Uh, and CrossFit it hasn't happened to me as a, an athlete, um, but definitely as an owner. I mean, there's so many owners that have talked smack about me that gets back to me, and I just like, you know, I don't care. Um, owners will then openly say things about us and our gym, what we do in here programming-wise and things like that. And it gets back here because we get members from that gym. Like, yeah, man, they always shit on you guys, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. They never even been in here, right? They don't know what we do. They don't know how we operate. They just see the result, and they think that we only care about our top athletes. When we return, it's complete opposite, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, our top athletes are just a product of very hard work, really solid programming, and they get coached up. And um, but still, they just work hard um, in life. Yeah, the life definitely. Uh, but I, I cut those people out, so it's a lot easier, right? I can't, I can't cut an affiliate. I mean, I can cut affiliate out. I don't have to associate with anybody there. But um, has it ever happened to you life where you pour so much into it and then someone stabs you in the back mm. that you weren't expecting? Can't really think of it off the top of my head, other than like starting a business and people not really being there or supporting that decision, but I've had haters. <laughs> haters <laughs> Everybody are okay. Yeah. Haters kind of does. You either like somebody or you don't, and you support them or you don't, but hey, hey, I don't really worry about what other people think unless I care about them, you know what I mean? Like, and then it hurts worse, right? Yeah. Hate motivates me to the absolute extreme, all right? So too often we chase the purpose of our lives based on what others are doing. Have you ever done that? Maybe, but more like business wise. And it's not like, um, I'm not really like chasing what they're doing, but like if it worked for them, I'm like hoping that it will work for me. But then I get too wrapped up in what worked for them that I'm not focusing on what is working for me already. So let's talk about CrossFit. Oh, no, that I'm fine with business too, but what about CrossFit, right? So too often we chase a purpose in our of our lives based on what others are doing. So someone else's performance, you want to get to that. Do you chase that? Have you chased it? Yeah. I mean, I obviously I'm sure people have gathered that I'm never really satisfied. Uh, so I could have the best score in around this region or whatever, but I still wouldn't be happy. Um, or satisfied with that. I just always want to be better.
I think because a part of the reason that I'm that way is because when I played soccer, um, I, uh, mainly in high school, I felt like I never got to like share what my potential was because my coach was an absolute douchebag. And so I, because I didn't play for his, I, okay, I started varsity my sophomore year, which was good. Um, they must have been pretty low on players. No, we had a lot of good players. Um, but I wouldn't go to his select team, which he got money for, um, and leave mine. And so he got pissed off, and I got less and less playing time. Yeah. Um, Those haters, bro. And then eventually I ended up – I wrote a letter to him, put it in my bag, and brought it to practice because I, I, like, wasn't having fun playing anymore. I had strep throat uh, – pretty consistently for like a year before I got my tonsils out and um one of the girls like this is when AIM was a thing she like messaged me and was like it's not fair that like you haven't been coming to practice but you get still get to play like this one game or whatever I was like look bitch <laughs> I'm just I'm kidding good, I, didn't, you suck. I didn't say that but anyways I ended up quitting uh and I that always really bothered me because I felt like I missed out on uh, just a team sport in general, um, mainly because of him. And um, he ended up reading my letter in front of the whole entire team. So that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like that has kind of maybe lit a fire under me for CrossFit because it is something that I like and I don't want to be average at it. I want to be good because I knew that I was good at soccer. And like I, even though I didn't play – uh, high school ball, which most of the time, like, I don't know if it's still the same way, but college recruiters will come mainly to high school games, not really select stuff unless you're at a tournament. And so I had a scholarship to Bluffton just from select, but I didn't want to go to Bluffton and I declined it. But I still wonder, like, could I have played college soccer if I had played high school and they saw me play? So I don't know. So you chase purpose of lies based on what others are doing, okay? In return, uh, well, first off, let me answer this real quick. Uh, no, I never do. I don't give a shit what others do. That doesn't – I don't care what others do. Uh, I have my own purpose. I have my own direction. It's not me being a dick, but I'm, um, I'm not out to do something that someone else has already done. Mm-hmm. I'm out to do something that no one's done, okay? Uh, in return, uh, we often pass up our actual what our actual purpose is. So, meaning we chase so much to what someone else is doing, what they're accomplishing, that we pass up what our actual purpose is. Right. So, you say you have regrets about playing uh, college. You may have some people playing college. Where are they at now? Where are you at now? Right. So, if you would have went there, and you were so focused on that, maybe you wouldn't be doing photography photography full time. You mm-hmm. wouldn't be your own business. Um, but sometimes in return, we get so wrapped up on what others are doing that we're so blind to what we have in front of us. Mm-hmm. You know, we just talked about inspiration. Uh, it's sad that people are inspired by someone after the fact, mm-hmm. not in the moment, right? Um, imagine uh, Martin Luther King being inspired by him. And I know he's passed, but him only giving you inspiration, you know. 10 years after he started talking out against equal rights, mm-hmm. right? And not during that entire time, right? Mm-hmm. Why do you only appreciate him now? Because he's dead. 
because he died for what he stood up for. Well, sometimes I feel like um, just as you age, you learn more and you, I mean, it it may suck, but I don't know. I feel like you learn more and you grow as a person to realize yeah. those things. Yeah, you do grow as a person. Um, have you ever came, compared where you are to others in CrossFit? Mm, maybe a little bit, but I tried to, to mainly just, like, focus on myself. I'll snitch on her. She has. Um, you have. It's it, not in a bad way. You, I I can't believe she can snatch that. I, I, I should be able to do that. I hear that all the time. Yeah, yeah but it's more about myself because I want to be That's, better. Do you compare yourself? I didn't say did you compare. You know, it is about you, right? It's Yes, you want it to be better, but you can still compare yourself to a, def, uh, a default, meaning that person can snatch this. I should be able to snatch that. Mm-hmm. Well, what makes you think you should be able to? What have you done to get to that? Yeah. What do you know about that person that has put in the work, crossover symmetry, upside-down kettlebell presses, uh, building the upper and uh, upper uh, back strength of their body, uh, working on the mobility flexibility? I mean, they put in all this other work. What have you been doing? Uh, you've been Sleeping. Yeah, there you go. But you won't be able to snatch the same, right? So you compare yourself, well, I should be able to do that. Well, let's talk about that. Should you? Have you put the work in? Because every time they post an Instagram video, which is every day, I see them working. Unless that's a body double, I see them putting the work in. I, you haven't worked out for two days, but you want to be as fit as them. They're fucking hungry. You're not. Okay? And that's what can happen sometimes. People compare themselves, uh, meaning, oh, I should be able to do that. Cool. Right? You guess I've had two people ever come in here like, oh, I want to go to the CrossFit Games. Well, so do I. <laughs> but do you even know what that takes? Well, I'm athletic. I think I can be pretty good. They don't come back after two days because they realize, guess what? This ain't easy. And we're doing general programming of our gym, and they're getting buried by 50-year-old athletes. Mm-hmm. They realize that maybe, yeah, it's not as easy as it looks. So they compare themselves to other like, oh, I can do that, uh, but they can't. All right. What about in your profession? Um, you ever compare yourself to others in your profession? We kind of briefly touched on it, but do you do you look at others and be like, I suck. They're great. Yeah. So, Sometimes I feel like I'm like, what is the what is the one thing that changed the like their business to, that I'm not doing but it's more like I want to learn more not really comparing myself sometimes I will compare my work but I've also just learned that everybody like has their own style and that mine can still be appreciated even though I appreciate other people's I think what you just said is what something everybody should kind of take notice to this is definitely not how Jenna typically is so she's growing as a person <laughs> and this is real it's funny but it's not it's funny because I don't care what anybody else does in their gym mm-hmm. as it does not affect what I do in my gym. I should have enough time put in, enough thought put out that whatever I'm doing is for the best and in a, a good direction. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what the gym down the road did or across town or the next state over. It works for them. Or maybe it doesn't. Maybe they're running their shit into the ground. Gyms that are closing because of the pandemic, they mismanage their money. It had nothing to do with the coronavirus. They were hanging on by a thread anyways. And then they were lazy to even try to get money for their business, right? It's mm-hmm. Even if every person 
even if every person canceled their membership for CrossFit Excess this past pandemic, I would have made it through. Mm-hmm. I would have made it through. I had contingencies. Like, if this happens, look, guess what you don't do? You don't pay your fucking bills. Like, yeah. what do you, I mean, it's that simple. Like, I'm not going to, oh, we're, I'm selling the equipment, you know? No, dude, like, you've already, you've, you've made your bed. If you've closed, you already made your bed. Um, but I think it's great that what you said is you can still do great even though there are other greats out there. I'm not the only great gym or great owner or great coach. Mm-hmm. There are others out there. I've said this numerous times. There is no there's no best coach in CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Okay? Ben Bergeron, he's not the best. His girl hasn't been winning. <laughs> That's for sure. Cole Sager ain't been winning either. Mm-hmm. We know Brooks well, Brooke Wells ain't doing shit but complaining. <laughs> I mean, let's be real, right? She's in. She's in it for her. You can tell. You can tell by her antics. Her and y'all, your Brooks well lovers out there. You only love her because of her booty shorts, and that's it. It has nothing to do. You want her body. You want her booty shorts. But as a person, as an athlete, she's out there for herself, right? And um, same with that Danny Spiegel. You know, with ever since that happened with Christy, like you see the true true colors. All interesting until it ain't for free, mm-hmm. right? Because you think you earn something because you do CrossFit. Bro, I don't care if you're Michael Jordan. You ain't getting it for free. Yeah. And I'll tell you this straight up. After watching the documentary, Michael Jordan wouldn't want it for free because he felt like he was it was given to him. He wants to earn it. Mm-hmm. Like You know what I mean? He wants to win that. He doesn't want to be given to him. Um, but I think it's great because there can be better, there can be better gyms. There can be just equally as good gyms. Um, out there and we can all coexist. I can still do my thing and that other great gym can do their thing and they ain't care about what I do and I don't care about what they do. We're just in our own bubble and I don't like to live in a bubble but we're all doing great things and that's okay. For you to say that's awesome because usually you see stuff out there and you get down, oh, mine's not as good as theirs or I'm not as good as that. When we first started talking, you as this profession, you didn't want to charge anything for these damn weddings. Yeah. <laughs> now those people that are paying you for those weddings, wishing you weren't charging anything for those weddings because mm-hmm. you're doing a good job, but you at the time didn't have the confidence. Now it's like, Hey, I can be great in my own sense. I can have my own style and it doesn't matter that, Hey, I can still recognize that. Hey, their stuff's good. And maybe it is a little bit better than mine, but I got a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. We didn't open up a great gym. Mm-hmm. It trans transcended to that of being a good gym. Right, mm-hmm. or a great gym. Um, have you passed on something you regret because you had your blinders on? Meaning you just like your blinders are on and like you passed on something like, oh man, let that one go. I don't think so. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. CrossFit life profession. No, I don't think so. Um, I would agree with you. Uh, I'm, I'm sure people out there have some regrets on that. Um, my blinder, I don't have blinders on. I'm literally like a, an owl. I will say that, um, not for me, but like I've heard other people talk about this. Like they went to college for something, so they feel like they have to stay in that profession instead yeah, of doing yeah. something that they really have wanted because they're too scared. You? Yeah. I mean, I did go to college and it, it still, like. Still paying for that shit. Yeah. And like it does. Sometimes I, I go back and forth with this not it's not like I constantly think about it but it is something that I've really thought about like do I regret going to college and if I had to do it over would I do it 
again, I will say that it's nice to have something to fall back on. And also, I did. I think it was an experience, not only growing, but uh, to, like, my undergrad was speech pathology. And it was something that I loved, but I wasn't passionate about it. Um, is it worth $28,000? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, because then I'm like, so, maybe I could have done photography and had twenty eight thousand dollars in my yes, pocket. Absolutely, <laughs> I could have already bought a house. Probably so. more than twenty eight thousand after interest. But um, my blinders are never on. Uh, I really, I don't get laser focused and neglect everything else. Um, it's just how I am. It's how I'm wired. I've always been that way. It's because um, I'm not looking to not miss the next big thing. I'm looking for the asshole that's about to blindside me right i'm looking for that person who's trying to undercut me i'm looking for that person who's about to try to drop the hammer on me so and and that's just to protect what we have here and that's it uh and to protect myself as an individual so my blinders on on i'm always like it's like when i pull out i don't just look left and right and pull out i'm look left right double check it like if i can take a half a second and save either a someone's life or b me not get killed I'm going to take the extra half a second every time I pull out of a four-way stop or um, pulling out of a driveway that's has a hill or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the extra precaution of a, a second, you know? And I just heard someone say this. I can't remember what, what it was about. I was in a movie. And it was actually about one of our local heroes in Piqua, a Pittsburgh. I just watched it, and they did a movie on him. He's a Medal of Honor winner. And they fought for 33 years to get his, uh, I think it was a Silver Star, upgraded to the Medal of Honor. His, his, the people that he saved fought for him for 33 years, um, and he actually ended up receiving the Medal of Honor. It was upgraded because of their nonstop, relentless fight because he's, he came down into Alva Helicopter in Vietnam. Um, he was in the Air Force. He's a PJ. There He went into uh, the Big Red One, which is a infamous um, infantry division and he went down into the worst firefight where they had 33 people killed out of their I don't know if it was a platoon squad it wasn't a squad bigger than a squad but anyways they had 33 KIA and even more injured in this firefight and he went down and ended up dying in that saved but he saved I forget how many lives he saved he's pulling people out got them up he had he could have left at any point in time and the, the quote was um, two of them one was He's any one of us, if we could leave, we would have, Mm -hmm. he could leave and he chose not to. Right. So he could have got up and left and he'd have been gone. He, he was done with his job, but he stayed down there as they kept, uh, you know, getting people out of there that had been injured, um, to save their lives and in between the helicopters, picking them up. But another one was, um, my entire life, what I did in 30 seconds has haunted me for eternity. Mm-hmm. So 30 seconds of your entire life, imagine that. You're 60 to 70 years old, and in one 30-second spat of your life, it literally devastated you where you couldn't sleep, you couldn't function, you couldn't do this, you couldn't do that. And it's because this guy called in a bad artillery strike on his own people, and he, if he would have taken another 20 or 30 seconds to reconfirm the coordinates and had it not hit where he called, 
um, there were it was over uh, it was over ten people he killed of his own because he was in the middle of a fight trying to get people were close. All his soldiers were getting shot and killed. He was trying to get artillery for support, and because he didn't take that extra twenty to thirty seconds to confirm the coordinates of the artillery that he relayed back, mm-hmm. he lived out for the rest of his life. He lived like he, he that's what he and his problem that he had was if he would have taken those twenty to thirty seconds, it would have saved his men's life, but also Pittsburghers. Pittsburgh wouldn't have to come down. He wouldn't have to stay there. He wouldn't have to evacuate all these people he just injured and killed. Mm-hmm. Right? He wouldn't have stayed down off the helicopter. And that's what he lived with the most regret was he killed the guy who actually ended up saving his life because he had been shot a couple times. So isn't that mind-blowing? 30 seconds of our life. Yeah. doesn't take long to cause trauma. One hour of drinking mm-hmm. and you go out and you get in an accident and you kill someone. Yeah. Like we just think about that of our entire life, one hour, one one day, mm-hmm. ten days. It's just it's that shit. I could get tripped out on that. I could do a whole freaking podcast on that. I could. I feel like I just should roll up some mushrooms and eat them instead <laughs> of a. I don't even know how you do them, but whatever. I would eat them on a pizza if I had to do them. I guess because <laughs> I would pass some pizza right now. Um, why do we compare ourselves to others on every level, especially in CrossFit? Why do we do it? Why do we compare ourselves to other people? I think... Because it doesn't do anything positive, right? No, I think that you you just, like, want to be better or you, like, think that their life... I think, like, our perception of what other people's lives is not the reality because we only see one snippet of it. So, just because someone's good at... One one 50-second video on Instagram? Yeah, just because someone's good at CrossFit or whatever doesn't mean that their life doesn't (laughs) suck balls. (laughs) Right. So... You're still getting good at CrossFit. Like, is that worth it? Like, if you had to trade lives with that person and have a shitty life at home, but then you're good at CrossFit, is that... Would you trade? Well, you talked about with your (laughs) soccer player where they just did accomplish something um, with her team and then couldn't even enjoy it because she was being swamped by so many other people wanting to hear her story. Like, you, you don't get those moments back to celebrate with your team. You don't get your moments back. Oh, uh, yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. You don't get those moments back, and it was taken from her that never happened again, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, yeah. it never happened again. Uh, compare ourselves, it, it does nothing. I, I make it – I've had a couple conversations with people. They were posting these negative memes on their page all the time, and but they were always down. And we would have conversations, and I'm like – you do realize that you have to go to Google and Google in negative memes or uh, memes that are in a negative sense. You have to Google it and then you click images and then you got to choose from all these memes that are negative. Mm-hmm. Then you have to save it and then you have to share it. Okay. So you're, you're already in this freaking state of mind. You're going to this. You're looking for negative. You're finding another negative. You're copying and saving, posting. And then every single time you get a notification on your Facebook it's in response to that. Even two days later, someone is going to bring back those memories of where you were two days ago. Mm-hmm. You're literally taking all this time to invest in something that's negative. Why? What do you get from it? And you get nothing by comparing yourself to anybody else. They are on a different path. Had this talk with Jenna. I've had this talk with anybody else I've worked with. Anybody. Jenna is on a different path than someone else. Maybe she wants to snatch 200, but she's 180. So what? She still has one of the heaviest heavier snatches across the globe as a female crossfitter she would be competitive in that and 
doesn't mean she should stop trying. But just because someone snatches 200 doesn't mean anything. They're on a different path. Maybe they had a different background. Maybe they haven't had a hip issue. Maybe they haven't had this or that. You can't not get caught up in this. And when you compare yourself, only thing it does is bring a negative. It brings a negative. You start trashing yourself, trashing your ability, trashing your body, trashing your looks, trashing the way you feel, trashing where you're at in your life, trashing that you don't have this, you don't have that, but they have this and they have that. Why? You've just literally wasted so much of your fucking life talking shit about yourself. Mm-hmm. There's so many people we've been talking about. How many people talk shit about you already that you don't know about? Mm-hmm. Right? But we focus on them and not inspiring everybody else that we do. Mind-blowing. Good, another quote here. Jenna brought this one up. Why would I worry about a shot I've never taken? Michael Jordan, once again. So why would I worry about a shot I've never taken? Okay, well, let's go back. What's that mean to you? Well, when I first heard this, <laughs> mainly because it's relevant in my life because I've been having panic attacks really bad, and it's hard to get out of that cycle of thinking. Like, for me, some people, when they have a panic attack, they literally think they're having a heart attack and they're dying, but I've had them for 14 years, so literally half of my life now. And so, like, I know what is happening, and it's still just as frustrating and scary in the moment. Um for people that have never had panic attacks, they're probably like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> cool story, bro. I literally don't know what you're talking about. But um, for me, it's like I'm always worrying about the future. So I have a wedding ceremony in Greenville this weekend. And, like, it doesn't matter if it's that or, like, if we're going to go out to eat with friends or something like that. I'm always worrying, like, will I have a panic attack during this time because it's scary and it's not a good feeling, but I'm always worrying about something that hasn't even happened yet. And I don't know. I just thought it was cool and relevant because it does make sense. Like what's the purpose in worrying about something if it hasn't even happened and you're going to get through it because you always have, like I've worried well for 14 years now (laughs) and on and off. Um, and nothing bad has ever happened other than having a panic attack. Which sounds so ridiculous if you've never had it, but if you've had it, you know how like debilitating they can be and whatever. But that I took it more as like a life thing than um, sport related, I guess. What about you? Yeah, I didn't definitely. I didn't take it that way, but that's what's cool about coaching. However, they fit yeah. right. I look at it as. Uh, I'm so focused on being the greatest. I'm so focused on being the best. I'm so focused on getting the things I need to get done. Um, why am I going to worry about something I've never even thought of? Yeah. Right? So I, I think I said this last podcast. I think I don't worry. I don't worry about the result. Uh, let me see. I forget what I did say. I'm not worried about the positive stuff that's going to happen because for me that's expected because I put the time and effort in that that should be the result. Mm -hmm. I'm not worried about the what ifs. I'm not worried about that. I think you can say, okay, if this happens, I'm going to do this. I don't go, what if this happens, I'm going to do this. No. If this happens, I'm going to do this. There's no what. If I'm going to put time and effort in something and I'm going to prepare for something, if this happens – I'm doing this. Not what if. This is specific. Then if this happens, I'm going to do this. And if these two things happen, 
I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I'm set. I did that at the beginning of this when this whole pandemic thing. That's exactly what I did. I laid this shit out there. I, th- this is going to happen. I'm I'm fucking prepared. I don't. I'm not even sweating it. Like I'm. To me, it's another day. I guess what I get to do. I get to focus on being great. I get to focus on what I want to. Don't focus on this. Don't worry about the thing you never, the thing you pass in life. Guess what? You can't get it back. Mm-hmm. You can't go play college ball again. Mm-hmm. You can't try that snatch again. Your time's up. Mm-hmm. Put the fucking work in. All right. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like grow from it. And the next time you have the opportunity, if you get the opportunity, you may never get it again. Then you get it. And if you fail, that's a hundred percent on you because you fail to uh, focus on the actual reality. Um, no, don't worry about the shot you've never taken a couple more things we're done here so winning has a price okay winning does have a price matt frazier winning has a price for matt frazier winning has a price for rich froning uh for matt frazier winning has a price because everybody expects him to do what win win so the pressure's on he don't feel the pressure he don't give two shits everybody thinks he does but everybody expects him so if he does pour an event oh matt frazier is human Oh, Matt Frazier is not as strong. Oh, he must have this. You know, shut up. Because mm-hmm. you're a winner now, though. Everybody has that pressure. I talked about Rich Froney earlier. They're trying to compare him to Matt Frazier still. What else do you have to prove? How many times he won the, ga- uh, the games as a team? How many times he's won the games as an individual? Clearly, he's a winner, right? Mm-hmm. What's he have to prove? But because he's a winner, he's on the podium, people want to take shots. Oh, you got to try to beat Matt. Oh, you got to do this. And he's like, why do I have to? You tell me why. You go do it. Mm -hmm. If you want that to happen, you want Matt Frazier to lose, you train. You go beat him. I'm doing my thing. I ain't worried about the shot. I've taken my shots. Don't be mad because you're not taking yours. You're all worried about the stuff you thought about doing instead of the stuff that you are doing. It blows my mind, you know, and CrossFit gyms too. You get an athlete. They're doing well. Jenna does well in a CrossFit Open. Next thing you know, everybody thinks she's on steroids because she's strong. Now, granted, she did get super strong after about uh, a year and a half on the program. And uh, roids, ah, they don't know enough about it to think that. But you like, man, what the heck is she doing? Mm-hmm. That happens to a lot of our people, though, unfortunately. Uh, rep shaving because your score is good. Cheating on this or that. Like, look, man, they're just trying to pull you down because they're jealous of what you have. And they're mad that you put the time and effort in and that they, they don't. We all have the same time in the day. Mm-hmm. We all have the same. We have a CrossFit gym. We have relatively the same equipment. You're telling me you can't put the work in, but you're going to be mad at me because I do and I perform better than you. I should perform better than you because I work out three times more than you. Yeah. And I'm coached and I get this and I get that. And I'm focused on my nutrition. My mind game is whack, but okay, I'm okay. But. I'll make it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was Jenna. Uh, but you know what I mean? That's what you have. And and we'll close on this. Leadership also has a price. And I've always said I would not want to be famous. Like, I want to be great, but I don't want to be in the spotlight for anything. Can't be great and not famous. It's uh, just not. It can't happen. They don't go together. They don't go together. I know, but I just wouldn't want to be like that. Like, it literally, not this is a little bit dramatic it didn't make me anxious but it was like holy shit i can't imagine him like he would walk into a room and he Jordan. is yeah like yeah. a circle of media is around him like so tight circle i would freak out i think like i'm sure he gets used to he's it a little it, bit yeah. but 
I would not like that life. And, like, he even said, like, this is life now, you know? Like, he's stuck in a hotel room. He can't leave his room without anybody being there, and I would freaking hate that. Like, yeah, when he would travel to play games, he would have to stay in his hotel night or hotel at night because his other teammates could go out, but he couldn't. I think I would just rather be rich. Maybe maybe <laughs> I don't have to be great, but... <laughs> but <laughs> I want to invent something. To- yeah. I mean, I would like to just have wealth... But, but still, then you're gonna have you're gonna have that. Not it, people it, don't know. Look, bro, it doesn't. It, it's 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 hand in hand. If you want to, <laughs> they be, won't know I'm rich by my mansion. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Leadership has a price, and for me, this is definitely dear to my heart. Uh, people aren't gonna always agree with my direction. Sorry, that's just the way it is. This is the best decision. So therefore, there can be animosity built up. There could be things that they have to say. Um, they may speak out against it. Um, but as a leader, I'm prepared to handle that. Meaning, hey, I'm so, I'm so sure about this direction. I have every answer you have. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have an answer about what we're doing, why we're doing. I got the answers. You know why? Because I put my time in. That's what makes me the leader. That's why I'm the leader, and you're not. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has to be a leader, right? If we had nothing but leaders, nothing would get done. Yeah. Right. Because you would want to do it your way, and I'd want to do it my way. They would want to do it their way. Imagine that times a hundred. A lot of headbutting. But great leaders, those are leaders. Great leaders know how to take information in from others and then make it better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, clearly, as an owner, you can't take everybody's thoughts and everybody's information. Okay. And be like, this is what we're going to do because it would be so all over the board. Right. If I bought equipment for. Like if we make a purchase, it's it's for a reason, right? And I can't just we had uh, when we first bought equipment, we had thirty five pound kettlebells, fifty three pound kettlebells. Well, someone I need a forty four. I'm like, okay, for what? That once every three weeks we do kettlebell swings. Mm-hmm. You need a forty four. Okay, can you swing a thirty five? Yeah, okay. Can <clears throat> can we do a Russian swing with a fifty three? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Why do I need a forty four? But that's input. Mm-hmm. So if I take the input, now I'm investing another four or $500 there. Well, I need a wall ball here for this. Well, okay, why? Mm-hmm. Let's just worry about that. We'll get the high up there once we get your legs stronger. Why do I have to buy four eight-pound balls and, you know, 10, 10-pound balls? Mm-hmm. When I, you can throw a 14. Oh, yeah, you can't throw it as high. Does it hurt any less that you throw, you know, three foot lower? Mm-hmm. Does that hurt your legs less? No, actually, it's going to hurt more because your soccer rate's faster, mm-hmm. right? So it's just when you're in a leadership position, people are always going to try to knock you down. People are always going to be gunning for you. People are always going to do this. I don't care about them. I'm already, I already know them. I see them. They're on my radar. Like mm-hmm. they act like they're going to sneak up and like ninja me and cut my throat. Like, no, I've seen you. I heard you coming. You're not that quiet, okay? Heard your gums are flapping before you even got <laughs> here. So I already know you're coming. So leadership does have a price in the fact that People that you do care about, the people you invest into, the people that you give everything you can to and just just have the utmost passion about, when one of those people say something or do something or there's something that just isn't clicking, it hurts you the most because you pour your passion into it as a leader. And you can't write them off because you care about them. Mm -hmm. That's the hard part, right? If you're a true leader... You care about your people because your people are who got you there. I'm not naive. 
when we laid out what we wanted for the gym and the direction that we wanted, that's just the start. Mm-hmm. People like Jenna, people like Cindy, Michelle, everybody we've talked about, people inside here, they're the heartbeat. I'm not stupid. Because they're what keeps it going, right? And as a leader, I know that. But as a leader, I, I have to facilitate the things they may not like, right? Mm-hmm. This is what we're doing. I don't care if you don't like it. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And this is how we're going to do it. We're not going to shave reps. We're not going to talk at the whiteboard. We're not going to dick around at the whiteboard. Okay? Because guess what? Because you don't want to learn something doesn't mean this person doesn't want to learn. And because you want to dick around and do your own thing, go back and forth. No, dude. You're distracting me and I can't deliver to them. Now you're a problem. Now people may have a problem with that. But as a leader, if I don't address that, guess what happens? Everybody's doing it, Mm -hmm. right? If we don't hold the standard, everybody has poor standards, right? We see all the time competition here. They come here and get judged by an actual standard. They're like, that's not the standard. The fuck it ain't. It's been the standard. Well, when was that the standard? Uh, When was CrossFit started? That's when it was the standard, right? So have you been, you know what I mean? Like it's always been the standard, but they've never been held to that, right? So poor leadership there has now exposed them down the line. My goal as a leader is don't have people exposed. Create a place that where people can feel comfortable coming and work out. Create an unmatched atmosphere that you don't have to worry about the next person talking smack about you, right? Uh, create uh, an environment where if someone walks in that doesn't know anybody here, they feel welcome. That all doesn't just happen. It takes emails. It takes communication. It takes, hey, what's up, man? We always used to walk in everybody in here with open arms. I only seen one of you doing that. Or, hey, and I've had to do this. We just finished a class. We just had 430 class say, this is an example, don't get mad. <laughs> but we just had 430 class, 530s on deck. Two people clap out of 20. <laughs> are you shitting me? This is what we are? I've actually cut the music. Like, this is unacceptable. <laughs> I'm the asshole, though. I'm the asshole. And that's the price of leadership. I can become an asshole or become off, come off as an asshole because I'm trying to keep in order what every single person wants, mm-hmm. what every single person enjoys about CrossFit inside here, right? Outside of this as a profession, man, same thing. As a sport, Jordan was a dick. Mm-hmm. He was worried about how people would perceive him once they viewed this. I don't see it as a dick because we're on the same wavelength. I know what you're doing, bro. They're slacking. You're telling them that's not acceptable. You want to be a championship team? Stop talking about it. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. You want to be great? Shut the hell up. Don't talk. Let's do it. You want to be this? Guess what? You can't loaf during practice. You can't. You want to be a great athlete? You want to be good at CrossFit? You can't skip this part of the Metcon because you don't want to do it or it's not what you like to do. Guess what? We've talked about this. You're going to do more what you don't want to do. When you want to be great because you suck at it because that's your hole in the game. You don't get to focus on everything you're great at and make yourself feel so awesome. Price of leadership, man. It's no joke. People want to be a leader until they got to be a leader. They want to be a leader until they got to tell the people that they care about. You got to look at them like, hey, bro, I love you, but you can't do that shit. I don't care how cool we are outside of this. You can't do that. Unacceptable. And this is why because, look. We do have a good relationship, good friendship, but if I let you do it, then Jenna's going to do it. Then they're going to do it. And then what? I'm, we're going to have an atmosphere 
that people don't want to come to, and then we just become an average gym. I'm not about average. I don't put the time in to be average. I don't put the effort in to be average. I'm a winner. I don't want to lose. I don't want to have a whack-ass gym that people hate. Mm-hmm. If you don't like our gym, though, you get the hell out. I mean, I just it's that simple. I guess we've always had that mantra, like, if you don't like us, there's other options. We didn't have the options back in the day. Like, you didn't have a lot even when you started. And it's Yeah, it's grown all the time. So, you got anything to add on that? I don't think so. So, Patreon, man. You got to gotta give them props. Like we said last time, if it wasn't for them, this equipment wouldn't, wouldn't be uh, – wouldn't be had. And what Rick Terry say? He could hear his, hear our food digesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the quality was so good. He also said that he doesn't like waiting till the very end for his name because it's just, uh, what did he say? I don't remember. Like it was, um, like the temptation was there. Well, maybe just going to make him listen. Maybe he'll fast forward to the very end and then Probably listen and then to the go back. So who we got on our Patreon, man? We got, uh, uh, how many well, sw- well, these what? are the swag box How peeps. many do we got so One, far? One, two, three, four. Seven. Seven swag box. We're cutting it off at ten. Okay. Yeah, so we have three left. We have three left. If we can't count. <laughs> once they're gone, uh, we'll end up reopening them but at a future time. But we want to focus on – Jenna does a lot of work getting a lot of merch in um, to not have repeat items, right? And that's a problem. Having repeat items in boxes is ridiculous, right? And to make them actually worth your while. So, go ahead. Who we got for the swag box? Um, Michaela Braddock, David Lutegrop, Jerry Ricciardi, Gareth Crowther, um, Natasha Bowling is our newest one, Meg Mayhem, and Jamie Metcalf. And then we have, uh, we created, I don't, if you're newer listening to this, we created like a tip jar kind of thing too. So, if you don't want to do a swag box or even $5. I think there's a one, one or $2. I can't remember. Um, but these are our people, Monica Christian, um, Adam Bowen. Oh, it's $2. Uh, Ryan Burgai, Brody Mays, Michelle Rowell, and last but not least, Rick Terry. <laughs> No wonder he likes here's name. I know, he just likes that I do Yeah, have everybody pissed off because you don't do the uh, Jenna Buffer. I'm pretty your... sure that they're, like, okay with it because it know, was annoying. Guys, 7.5 still has our original shirts. Um, definitely try to s- support them still. Um, even They got some new line out as well. I mean, I got some sick shirts, man. I got some of them. I love them. And um, the designs are just epic. But um, you can always buy. We got a few of our One More Rep originals left. Helps uh, Wally out, helps us out. Um, definitely want to look at getting some other merchandise. If you guys think of anything you'd like to have, let us know. I know we have some beer glasses. Maybe we'll put those for sale um, that we put in the, what you call it? What? The uh, swag boxes. Yeah. Those are pretty popular. So I think we might put those out. If you guys want a beer glass, maybe we'll create something like that. Put some more work on Jenna. She really doesn't do shit anymore anyway. So <laughs> Yeah, okay. Um, also, if you guys want patches, we can do those again. But there has to be like a certain amount of people because I have to pay for those ahead of time. And they're kind of pricey. They're kind of pricey. Just uh, DM Jenna uh, or the one more rep. Say, hey, I want a patch. Uh, she'll get your funds. Or a beer mug. Yeah, she ends up. Uh, they're expensive, but she ends up paying more out of her pocket than we actually collect because that's how she does business. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> Don't All right, so 10 patches cost $100. I'm going to collect 94 Because <laughs> well, I always feel bad. Uh, but um, 
keep supporting us. Appreciate it. You got to subscribe, man. Like that subscribe button's huge. Share our, our podcast. Like we want this to grow. You know, we're 62 K and we get a hundred K this year and it can't be without all you guys. The world domination, man, is great. Uh, we were worried about if you guys would like this podcast or not. I got a message from the old UK. Uh, appreciate that, man, for reaching out. Uh, we shared it on Instagram. And the nonstop support is huge. Uh, feedback, I don't care if it's positive or negative. Uh, let us know because we want to do well for you guys. And reviews, we're at 102. I know that we got a lot of people that haven't left a written review yet. If you want to help us out, man, uh, that's the best way. Uh, monetary, it lets, lets us buy things like this, but as far as getting our podcast out there, man, that's what you got to do. Subscribe, share, comment, and uh, that's all I got. Anything else? Uh, yeah, just let us know if you like the longer episode too because this one's like double the length. Uh, yes. As normal because we were trying to decide if we wanted to do that or not, right? Uh, I'm okay with the long ones. Like like I said, man, let's, you, you listen to on your way to work. Yeah, you can listen to us on your way back way now. Way back, but people wanted more episodes. That's the thing, right? People wanted more episodes. Yeah. This is broken down. Like I have episode, like podcasts that are three and four hours long. To me, that's like having three or four episodes. Mm-hmm. So literally, you're getting three or four episodes about the same topic, but I think we do, we're trying to make it diverse and reach different points of the topics and still tie it to CrossFit, obviously. So that's mm-hmm. all I got. I'm out. Peace. Bye.